You know, Vern, there's a lot of crazies out there. Welcome to another episode of Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I'm John Wayne. With me is Christopher Triana. Hey. We are here once again to bring you uh, this show, which is uh, whatever we want it to be, pretty much, right? Uh, Chris, how's it going over there? Oh, it's going okay, considering. I mean, it's uh, I'm getting a little bit old here. I've got some aches and pains. Uh, this is going to be my birthday episode. That's right. It's your birthday. Uh, I'm smoking some weed for your birthday. I appreciate that. Uh, you'd be smoking weed even if it wasn't, but I still appreciate it. You know, because there was a time when I enjoyed weed and uh, I, uh, I I don't anymore. But there was a time when I really enjoyed it. And I, I think, you know, you keep me young, John Wayne, because you take you me it. back to, to when <laughs> I was like 15, 16 and, and, and was ripping bongs and oh. sitting around <laughs> listening to... Listen to Fog Hat or whatever the stoners listen to. Okay, before we go down uh, memory lane there and start uh, old man yelling at Cloud, uh, I, I, I do want to give a, a major shout out to everyone who's been listening to the show. We, we've yeah. seen like a huge response. We have a lot of uh, the subscribers have been going up uh, much faster than we would have uh, yeah, anticipated. Yeah way, and, faster. Uh, yeah, way faster. It's awesome. And we very much appreciate it. Uh, so, you know, keep telling your friends. Remember, you're still early enough to be in on the ground floor. Yes, you are. You can still say, I was into it before it was cool. It's going to take a long time for us to be cool because, as I was saying, we're old. and We have a lot to talk about on that. And <laughs> we're not cool. We're not cool. Uh, but you could be cool by joining in on this show. And thank you if you're listening right now. We love you. We appreciate you. You're the reason we're here. Um, speaking of uh, being cool... Uh, there's nothing cooler than being dead. And didn't you want to say to somebody who uh, we had a I did. recently? I did. Um, we're recording the, we record this show about 10 days in advance. Uh, today is uh, July 6th, but it's going we're, to be time stamping us, dude. You know, I mean, where's well, the I, mystery? I, where's you the. Know, like, hey, <laughs> hey, I, you know, like, give me a break. Um, Give we record the shows in advance because we love our listeners and we want to make sure we have plenty in the bag in case something happens. You know, in case, uh, you know, I come down with influenza and, and, and John Wayne um, goes mute, uh, you know, as a, as a protest against uh, the legalization of marijuana. So I, 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 that, I mean, if you go, if you, if you can't do it, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I can just carry it by myself. I think so, too. But I'll if just do you both. I'll do both in parts. a protest uh over marijuana which is likely uh then you know there might not be a show that we, we might miss a week and we want to make sure that we have plenty in the bag for we'll for never our... miss a week though we won't we won't but you know like if 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 that's why we're doing this in advance don't act like we're not okay anyway um so this this show's being recorded on the 6th. My birthday is the 16th. So this is going to be my honorary birthday episode, which means I get to do whatever I want. Happy my birthday. Spirit, spirit journey formation, Chris. But but speaking of birthdays, that uh, leads into death days. Uh-huh. 
Oh, I see. Uh, and anyway, we lost we lost a very beloved uh, member of the film community. Uh, he's one of the greatest composers, if not the most, the, if not the greatest, and the most respected composer of of cinematic history. Uh, Ennio Morricone passed away uh, either last night or today. He was in his nineties. He lived a great long life. Uh, this is the man who gave us such infamous scores as. Uh, <laughs> As the good, bad, and the ugly, and once upon a time in the West, and he did many, many Western scores. Uh, but he also did the soundtrack to The Thing, uh, which is my fav- personal favorite horror film of all time, uh, uh-huh. and 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 many other movies. Um, you know, like Bugsy and uh, the the newer uh, version of Lolita. He did many, many films, um, and he was a truly talented musician. I listen to him all the time when I'm writing. He even did music for movies that aren't good, but the soundtracks are good, like Exorcist 2, which is a horrendously bad film, but the music is solid. The music is very good. It's a great to write to if you're a horror writer. So rest in peace, um, Ennio Morricone. We love you. Uh, Godspeed. Rest in power, sir. We will write to your uh, soundtrack all week, I pledge. Um, yeah, I love to listen to stuff like that when I write, yeah. like Goblin or Carpenter, like all that kind of like. Well, I'm actually soundtrack. listening. I've been listening to him a lot because I'm writing a horror western, and he did so many western scores, and yeah. I collected them all over the years because I just love his he, like his music to westerns are so epic and operatic uh, that they're they're really powerful. Like I can listen to the Ecstasy of Gold just for my own enjoyment, even if I'm not writing or thinking about films or anything. It's such a powerful tune uh so yeah i I love Enio, and uh you know i'm glad he lived a long life and there's and it was so successful because he's he was exceptionally talented uh so all love to Enio morricone and uh to his fans you know what this actually we should take a note for this uh we should do a a, an episode where we talk about music being a a character uh in a actually film being the character in the film that yeah totally totally there's many movies that like that aren't the same without without yeah music like like john carpenter's halloween i remember i read an article where when he he was like showing the footage to the producers but he hadn't laid down the music and the producers were like flipping out. They're like, this movie's terrible. This can't work. This isn't scary. And when he came back with the music, they're all like, this is fucking awesome. This is going to work. Uh, right. So that gives you an idea of how um, how important I, a good score is. Yeah. And I, I'm sure we both have many examples we could speak at at length, which is why we will do an episode on this. But We will. We will. Um, we will. But yeah, that's, it's very important. And, and shouts out to, to this guy that I can't pronounce his name, Emio um and uh yeah and will uh it makes us it makes you kind of remember that uh the scores are there and they're very important um yeah absolutely and a lot of his scores were recycled too um uh quentin tarantino uh was was a big fan of his music and so a lot of the scores that that enio did for like obscure italian films that most people have forgotten were recycled and put into kill bill and other tarantino movies um so it really did have a second life in fact um there are there are um uh there there are themes and there's music uh for the movie the thing on the soundtrack that weren't actually featured in the movie but were later used in the hateful eight uh, and, and I remember like when I was watching Hateful Eight, I was like, son of a bitch, like he, he's got he's got music from the thing because I have the, the soundtrack uh, and 
I was like, he's got music from the thing that wasn't in the thing, and he's using it. I was like, I thought that was kind of cool. Well, you know, that was that was when you got up in the theater and you and you spat and said, "I shall never patronize." I walked this out. Establishment, absolutely. and you walked out. I think it's funny that you think I saw that piece of shit in the theater because I absolutely okay. did. That's I another saw episode it, as well. I saw it at home, <laughs> and I actually watched the whole thing, even though I got no joy out of it. Even though I love westerns and I love Kurt Russell. It uh, it was really an empty movie, uh, in my opinion. But anyway, we're well, not happy here to birthday talk about to that. you. Uh, you goddamn right. It's my birthday. I'll say what I want. I don't care. You, Suck a bag of dicks. Um. So it is your birthday, dude. And I love you. And happy birthday. Uh, uh. We talk. I'm sure. Like I do want to ask you some birthday questions, and I'm okay. sure you've had some Batman birthdays. But uh, I just want to touch on. We talked so much about Batman last week. Uh, I started watching Particularly me. <laughs> you did. Uh, I listened to a lot about Batman, but like I started watching Batman 66, uh, yeah. the series, because uh, I have a uh, Nick P's voodoo account. And it, uh, I, again, if anybody wants that password, just go <laughs> ahead and uh, DM me and I'll get yeah, it. Right, right. Um, yeah, but he, he's got the whole uh, series, you know, and I watched yeah. the I was watching it in the pilot, dude. He does the Batusi in the pilot. I was yeah, like, what yeah. the fuck? They, oh, I was so blown away. And then I watched um, the animated one. Uh, we were talking about the animated films. I watched the uh, Dark Knight Returns. Or, oh, so good, yeah. dude. Yeah. That was very cool. I remember like when it first came out, I watched the first part of it because it was released in two parts. It initially. was, right. And I had rented it from Amazon where it was like, you know, two bucks and you have it for 48 hours or something yeah. and i watched like uh the first part of it and then i ended up like falling asleep and never getting to watch the rest of it right right uh it was in the middle of my tumultuous divorce so you know what i'm so, i really wish you I, wouldn't have brought it up I, anyway you know, moving I hear on to that. Batman. Uh, you know, like that's that's part of uh that's part of uh my own personal getting older is you know like i went through a divorce and it was painful and it still cripples me to this day so that's part of getting older uh, and that's a fun topic we can get into, but you know how, what? How like we want to keep this show fun, so yeah, we let's won't keep it. But, but yeah. how old are you turning? If if I might ask, is that polite I'm, to ask a, a man of your stature? Or uh, uh, it's polite to ask a man. Uh, it's not polite to ask a a lady. Um, at least not, I don't think so. Not, no. Right after no. you ask her if she's pregnant, you ask her how old she is. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'm like, like, it's, you know, this is funny because like, here I am, the guy who wrote body art, which is like filthy and disgusting, but I'm very, um, kind of like old fashioned when it comes to women. Like it bothers me when guys are cursing around women and, and stuff like that. So yeah, like I would never, never ask a woman how old she is. I think it's just uh, rude. So right. I, I wouldn't do it. That's why you kept standing up every time a woman walked by the, the booth, you would just stand up and sit back down. I do. No, I, I really do do that. If a woman enters the room, I stand up. I'm super old fashioned about that kind of stuff. You know, like I always let like ladies go first. I always open doors for them. It's just how I am. Well, I always let ladies go first, if you know okay. what I mean. But uh, uh, we'll also mean that, are you are you fucking through a sheet? Is that how old fashioned you are with these? Not, I'm not Mike Pence bad. Jesus Christ. Like there's no, it's like in the bedroom. It's a whole different story. Like, you know, like. Gentlemen in the streets, demon in the sheets. That's the rule I live by. <laughs> and the chicks are loving it. <laughs> oh, man. Don't do drugs, kid. So how old are you turning this fine birthday? I'm turning 43. 43, tiddly D. Look at I'm me. I'm turning 43 and I need so, uh, shoulder surgery because I tore yeah. my rotator cuff. We talked about this. Yes. And you went yes. to the MRI. So what the fuck? You tore... 
you rotator cuff and you have to have real surgery on your shoulder. I have to have real goddamn surgery. They're gonna By cut the way, I, like, I, I mentioned this a, a, a little bit, uh, but not on the show. Uh, I got my first MRI. Well, that's not true. I got my second MRI, but the first MRI I had was just on my foot, so I didn't have to get put into the plastic coffin. Uh, and I, and I, I wanted to mention this because it's like a weird experience to go well, through. What was it like? Did you get well, high before you went in? No, no, oh, I, I, I don't. Totally. I, well, of course. Which, well, that's because you get high. I don't get high. Um, oh, you should I, start, dude. Especially if you're getting an MRI. No, no. <laughs> I, I, as I said earlier, I used to like that. But I really don't. Oh, 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 oh! He's pleasing the fans right there. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, there was a nip slip by Mr. John Wayne, and that's what the ladies like. Shouts out! That's we're what drinking the ladies whiskey, for. like we uh, always do. Just uh, cheers to your happy birthday, boy. But tell me about this coffin because I've seen it parodied in in film and and television. I've seen it. I've seen it uh, made out to be a terrifying experience. It can what be. is it like exactly? It can be terrifying if you're a pussy. Oh no, no, shit. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm joking. It's um, it it can be very scary for people who are claustrophobic. I totally get that. Uh, and even if you're not claustrophobic, it makes you feel claustrophobic because you're basically pushed inside this big plastic tube. Uh, and it's kind of like it's kind of like being in a, in a coffin, you know, like the, the lid of the thing is very close to your face. It's only a few inches from your face. Wow. And like uh, uh, Christine Morgan actually said this to me. She said, oh, God, like when I did mine, um, uh, like I, I just kept thinking, like, what if there's an earthquake or an emergency? And I was like, fuck, I'm glad you didn't say that beforehand because I never would have got that on my head. But I did keep thinking about my death. Like, I kept thinking about, like, oh, this is what it's like to be in a coffin. Now, I don't want to be buried. I want to be cremated because it's cheaper. And, you know, like, that's me too. That's me too. Me. This is on record. This is canon. I want to, so burn me up too. Don't, if you fucking bury me, I swear to God, I will come back. Mmm, angry. Burn. I, I actually I actually would like to be buried just so, so I could have a tombstone that says I shall return or something and it'd be really cool. But dude, it's we should get it's we should get expensive. that funeral funeral plot together and have that badass tombstone made of us like all like we're bat like on the bat cover of bad and, dudes the NAS and we'll, game. And, and we'll, we'll be and we'll be stacked in one grave. <laughs> fuck yes, we will, dude. Yeah, and that yeah, yeah. is face to face saving the earth after we're done because yeah. we're consuming space. Stacked. And we are face to face, yes. Stacked face to face. With 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 Dibs glass, on top. lucite lucite coffins. So we could Dibs see on top. <clears throat> Fine. Dibs on top. You Fine. can be a power bottom, you know. Well, <laughs> Either way, this is a good thing, and I'm going to look is. into this. It is. But um, anyway, MRI, I get the fucking thing. And like I said, my first one was on my foot. I had surgery on my foot when I was in my 20s. Um, and But that was like, you don't get put into the coffin with that. They just do it on your leg. Uh, so I went into it. I, I did it. And you're in this big plastic coffin. I like, I don't know. It's maybe different for everybody else. Uh, you know, like every situation is different. But in my personal experience, I was in it for about half an hour. And there's this incredibly loud noise, uh, and they warn you about it several times before you go in. They're like, yeah, there's going to be this loud noise. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, loud noise. I can live through that. You know, I've been to 100 death metal concerts. I can handle loud noise. If I can handle carcass and napalm death, I can handle loud noise. Uh, so they give you these. I these... kind of get aggressive with the doctor there, dude. Yeah, no, I punched him and everything. He's out cold. Like, he, he's probably not going to walk again. Uh, I was like, he grabbed me, like, if I could withstand 9 11, I can withstand <laughs> your fucking noise. 
<laughs> what happened to me? Viet goddamn Nam is what happened to me. Exactly. Uh, but no, so you go into it, and I, like they give you, uh, like the nurse gave me a pair of headphones, and was like, "Yeah, usually we give you a choice of music to listen to to drown out the noise." Uh, but the CD player is broken. I was like, "That's how archaic they were." It was a CD player. CD player. CD player. Right. Right. They're they're fucking disc man. Uh, they're like it's broken, so we can only give you the radio, and there's only one station that we can get here, Sunny. and it was like it was like this pop station, you know. So here I am. I'm in this plastic coffin listening to Madonna, right? Fuck yeah, dude. Classic right? Madonna. Well, I don't remember what song it was, but I'm listening to Madonna. It was probably Holiday or some garbage like that. And uh, and there's this incredibly loud noise, and it sounded like like the AOL the AOL dial-up noise, like the from the dial-up days of internet. But it was at like Motorhead volume. It was super loud. And, and, and for those of you who don't know, Motorhead played at a very extremely loud, loud vo- volume insane. and volume yeah. uh, wherever they played. Anyway, go ahead. I said volume. I just got. I said volume. Okay. I was making fun okay. of myself. Mocking me on my birthday. Mocking myself, dude. Okay, good. Um, yeah, so. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Chops. Continue. Motorhead was super loud, dude. I know um, you I, were, dude. I, you act like you I don't them? know. Did you see them live? Dude, I saw, I, I was a uh, roadie in 76, man. I was no, about... really? Did you see, ever see them live? No, I didn't ever see them live. Well, I did, and goddamn, I don't about them. Okay, fine. You're better than me, dude. I Well, yeah, in many ways, but this really? is one of the many, and I saw them live, and, and like, I, I, and this is funny, because I brought, um, I brought earplugs, because I had heard how loud they perform. So I brought earplugs, and my buddies that were with me were all making fun of me. They're like, oh, you bring earphones, you pussy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, whatever. By the end of the show, they're like, you are right. Jesus Christ. Like, I'm not going to hear for a couple of days. And the thing is, is when Motorhead finishes, like, their whole show is loud. But when they finish, they, like, throw their instruments down. And they have this, yeah, they have this crazy feedback that goes on and on and on. And so as we're walking out of the out of the place, it was like, and like top volume, ear splitting, head splitting sound, uh, and uh, you know it, it was a great show, man. I, I I fucking loved it, but man, I'm glad I brought earphones because I'm partially deaf anyway from all those death metal shows growing up in Florida. Yeah, you know that's interesting because you um if, as you know or if anybody if the listeners may not know, I've played in bands for like 20 years, and you know i remember when i was in elementary or middle school when they put like lars ulrich from metallica came on channel one and was like talking about the dangers of listening to loud music and make sure you wear earplugs Mm -hmm. and i remember that and i was like okay and then i started playing in bands and uh dude i've totally blown all my i've been in so many loud fucking experiences and i used to try like earplugs right like i got some but I couldn't hear like I wanted to. And then I got yeah. some where like they block a certain amount of decibels uh, and that's it. Like, but those still sounded like garbage. And I was like, you know what? Who needs to hear for the rest of their life? Right? <laughs> so I, uh, I definitely have uh, listened yeah. to um, music and played music uh, quite a lot. Like, cause sometimes you're in so such small spaces, especially right, in like, right. art and shit. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh well, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely was a problem with me because uh, I can't wait till I get hearing aids, dude, and I could turn them <laughs> off. <laughs> I know, right? Anymore. Selective listening to the umph degree. Yeah, dude, I, uh, I, you know, I grew up in in Florida, much to my chagrin. Uh, but it was like the 
the rise of death metal in the early 90s like so much of it was in florida all these bands like like death and deicide and morbid angel uh and cannibal corpse moved down to florida like that's how big the the scene was uh so i saw all of these bands in in dive bars back in the day you know uh and i you know including carcass and napalm death which i mentioned earlier uh they weren't even you know american bands and, and uh, well i mean um carcass wasn't you know but uh and I think I'm pretty sure Napalm Death was an American band. I can't I can't remember, but I think they were. Anyway, um, yeah, like you know, we were like 14 years old. We didn't fucking you know pop in the earplugs. You know that was pussy shit. And all those years of it, like, definitely caused some damage. And uh, now, if like if I'm at a party, if there's like heavy background noise or something. I, I can't hear the person who's right in front of me. If you were like sitting right in front of me, talking to me and there's a bunch of background noise, I can't hear you. Same thing. If there's music, like I have to play music low. If we're going to have a conversation. I really thought that you were about to say like now. So now when I go to a party and there's like a lot of talking, I just have to put earplugs in because yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 was <laughs> I like, just leave. Dude, I just you fucking suck. leave. <laughs> <laughs> I do suck now. And that's kind of, that was kind of the topic of, uh, you know, like I'm turning 43 I'm getting old, uh, so I have these aches and pains, and things break easily. Like one of the things in my shoulder uh, is uh, when they did the X-ray, they saw I have a lot of calcium deposits, which makes it easier for tendons to snap. And I'm like, well, that's great news, Jesus Christ, you know. So you know, is that now you used to um, like bodybuild or powerlift or how yeah, do you? Yeah, I was a bodybuilder. Yeah. So, back then. so is that like you know, is there been damage? can be attributed to the, the way that powerlifting was, you think? Or I'm not just asking. I don't know. Possibly. I mean, yeah, I don't know either. It's possible. Um, one of the things about the calcium deposits, I don't know. I'm not a, a, a doctor or scientist, obviously. Um, it, uh, uh, like I built up a lot of calcium in my kidneys uh, and, and, and a lot of mineral deposits in my kidneys because uh, when I was really into it, when I was super heavy weightlifting, I, um, I took a, a lot of, I, I ingested a lot of protein and I took a lot of supplements and that was not the right move. Uh, you know, I was trying to get like a pound of protein per pound of body weight every day. So this was like what? 215 pounds, pounds of protein every day. Cause I was trying to gain mass and that worked, but it stressed my kidneys to the point where I had kidney stones when I was in my twenties. Whoa. Yeah, I had them a couple of times. And once I stopped taking supplements, went away. Went away. I haven't had them since. Man. Um, yeah, I just don't know Like, uh, if stuff like that maybe creates, like, even if you do it correctly. But sometimes you don't know, like, doing exercise. Right. Sometimes you think you're doing exercises right for years. And then they figure right. out, like, oh, by the way, now you have to stand like this. Meanwhile, right, yeah, yeah, fucking... you pulled your back because you were doing <clears throat> deadlifts wrong or, or whatever exactly yeah. no i i did heavy weight lifting and everything and and i don't think that necessarily caused the damage but it might have uh you know like it could have very well been just repetitive motion um jerking. you know from jerking off or something mm -hmm. so <laughs> who knows mm -hmm. but anyway that's part of getting old another part of getting old that we were going to talk about is uh is is not really being cool 
anymore. See, now we didn't really talk a lot about being old yet. Like you said, well, we so you have aches and that. pains and like this stuff. So I am, you're 43, I'm 41. Many people, even since the first episode of this podcast, messaged me because we talked about being men in their 40s, about talking about your children. We're like, are you 40? And I was like, yeah, I'm 41. No one believes that when I'm on the road. No one believes it. I don't like advertise it, but I'm right. also not going to deny how old I am. Well, you also, I'm, <clears throat> I'm a fucking witch. So yeah. with me, you, well, know? you, you, you come <laughs> up across much younger than I do. You really do. Like, like, I, I know there's like a two year difference, but it's, it seems like a 10 year difference because like you have this like coolness with the tattoos and like the unconventional hairstyle and stuff. And you're in a band and like you, you have a much younger personality than I do because young isn't just an age it's like a it's a mentality you know yeah that I guess that's what I was gonna say like I don't because I don't have any well I mean it's also because it's it's mentality but it's taking care of yourself in a certain way as well I understand that but I'm also like very much uh you know into like energy manipulation and chaos magic and that kind of shit which could be another episode on its own but like in meditation and all that kind of stuff so i think all of those things come into play with how you feel and how you look like i i don't know because i don't have any aches and pains 41 i don't have glasses probably miss my old glasses (laughs) it was marge admit it yeah yeah. I don't well, know. I, mean, I haven't I, never had an MRI. Well, uh, I'm like, hoping that like I'll die and then they'll be like, oh, man, he had cancer this whole time. Like, that's yeah. what will happen. To me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I mean, I I'm glad for you. You show off. Um, I'm but... not trying to show off. I'm just trying to say, like, I think that really a state of mind has a lot more to do with things. It does. Then then we want to admit I could go into it for a lot. But I really believe in that. To, so. I know, and you know what? I think you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, my state of mind is uh, in the doldrums. I'm, um, but baby, I'm here. I, yeah. I know, and thank God, because otherwise, like, I don't know what I would do. I came in right in the nick of time. Well, no, really, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm divorced. I'm getting older. I, I, I'm alone in the world, and I'm okay with that. I really am. I really like being I, by myself. Yeah, I was going to say, look at, in the background, you've got all your toys set up and shit. I do. Like, I have toys. Like, and I mean, like, who and needs if you look, if I friends? turned the light on, you'd see all my toys and shit. Who needs friends when you have toys? When you have Exactly. Active. And I get to that's, that's what a 43-year-old man needs is toys. Mm-hmm. That's not sad and pathetic at all. I um, but but no, I really do like living alone. I do. I've adjust, I like, I, I've always been very much a loner, but what makes me feel mm-hmm. old is looking in the mirror and seeing my dad that's fucking old. that that makes me feel old that fucks with me because i don't want to see my dad i don't even remember my dad you know so it's not it's not a fun thing but what also makes me feel old is when i'm when i'm like around people that are much younger than me like teenagers and stuff talking with teenage girls as i do um, whoa, whoa why are you what's going on here (laughs) (laughs) well i don't want to get into details but i do have um i do have a side gig where like i am around teenagers and and you know like i understand i i i don't i I don't mask all my uh shit like you like i said i will dox myself on this podcast when i was a manager for starbucks it was uh like i'd had a lot of younger 
people separated by me from a lot of years to yeah. manage and be over in contact with. Plus, I was cross street from the high school, so I always had it was full of teenagers in the Starbucks. Right. So right. I, I know what you mean. So we're we're not yeah. doing it. So I, you know, I'm um, uh, so like I don't I don't want to get into everything, but like you know, there there are teenagers that are in my life, and and you know, like it, it's it's funny when I talk to them and they bring up stuff, and I don't know what the fuck they're talking about at all, whether it's TV shows or music or whatever. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh yeah, I know Stranger Things, but for the most part, um. I'm completely distant from it and it makes yeah. me feel just absolutely geriatric when I realize that a lot of the stuff that I'm into, my favorite movies, my favorite bands, they're all from before these people were born, you know? Yeah. I, and that, that's one thing to think about too. When you're like, yeah, 2000 was really 20 years ago. Like right, the year right. 2000 was 20 years ago. Right. So um, like 16, 17 year olds were born after that. Yeah. But, and I don't also, I don't want to sound like, old man yells at cloud but the the only time i mean i guess okay so when i i worked for starbucks for 15 years and i was at when i was at this one store um in the woodlands uh here which is like a super rich area of north of houston it's a corporation neighborhood or whatever so i was like an assistant manager there and something happened like you know like when the when the culture changes uh something newly cool comes in Mm. uh because like fashion wise and everything, right? Right. Like, cause I like all of a sudden everybody that came in had like a trucker hat mm. and this weird kind of style with the fucking um, Ed Hardy shirts, like all that, when all that started happening and I was watching it, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. yeah. And I was, that was when I was like, am I, am I not? cool anymore am i disconnected but then i was like no way i'm cool i'm way cooler than this fucking bullshit <laughs> fuck that but i i do i mean you do say you i i did say i had a lot of rebuttals for that because uh i don't know i think you're cool we're just fucking cool well, well cool well, coolness is, is just being like cool whatever is like cool is, exactly. is a matter of opinion um <clears throat> that's everybody your opinion has their man own, uh, that's just like your opinion man mm -hmm. um no, cool is is up to is in the eye of the beholder, much like beauty. Um, like it, it's it's up to the individual what they think is cool and what isn't, you know. But as far as like what is universally considered cool, it's tends to be what the young people are into. And I am completely I oblivious. When you get past all that, is when they find the real cool. Because I say this a lot. Like uh, I'm not arguing with you about music or movies or books um, that you come like when you say like, Oh, that's just horrible. I hate that. Like I, that's a young man's game. I say, mm. I just say, Hey, that's not for you. Then it's not for me. Like whatever you're like, maybe I just don't like well, it. I don't, I don't think I'm because when I was a younger, when I was young, no, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm All talking right. about like the Royal you and every, anybody else that I interact with. I'm not arguing. I tell them, I'm not arguing with you about right. what you like and what like, I used to be that, like, I used to be, uh, you know, so adamant about things where I would, you know, I, I'm obviously, I'll get passionate now and start yelling, but everyone says I'm yelling, but I'm just passionate. Look how loud I have to <laughs> yell! But I'll, but I'll be talking about something that I'm into and somebody would say like, oh man, that album sucks. And I just like lose my mind on them and have to right. tell them up and down a million ways of why not only are they wrong, but they'll always be wrong and their kids will right. be wrong. And kinda, I hope they kinda, die on the way home from this party. Like, kind of like me with, kind of like me with Halloween three, 
well, uh, on the last episode where I just was relentless up. and Old people memories. were uh, people were not happy with me because I I, hey, I, I people, said people, it like it is, dude. Hey, you Tell did? it like it is. <clears throat> um, uh, what does this say? Oh, I think my drugs are, might be here. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe. I might have to get those in a minute. But anyway, um, no. Uh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. God. You couldn't smooth a sheet with a hot date with a hot there. I lost my train of thought. The, the point is, is that we're old and you don't think you're uncool, but I accept the fact that I'm uncool. Well, I don't think that I'm I don't think that I could be looked at. And in some in in some people's opinion, be like that guy's fucking a dumbass douchebag. What an idiot that guy is! Like I am fully self aware enough that to know that, but I also like I don't care anymore because you get past everything that's like surface, and you get past having to you know grow through conforming to whatever the fad is at the time when you're young because you're cert- you're struggling for identity. Right. And you just want to be something and you get through all that shit. And once you get through all that and it's like, you're like looming over it, you're like, ah, now I know what cool is. And that's yeah. when everybody yeah. wants to turn around up for that's on the ground and be like, you're not cool anymore. But I'm like, dude, I'm so fucking cool. Well, I no think idea. I, and I'm I, raining down coolness on them. I like, agree. And I agree with that in the sense <laughs> that I think the true cool is, um, embracing who you are and what you like and not caring what other people think. I think that's beyond cool. Um, and Fonzie but, as well. And Fonzie. Yeah, you can't get cooler than Fonzie. No one has ever done that and probably never will. Um, I, hope, I hope not. <laughs> I don't think nope. it's... I don't see how it's possible, but... Uh, I don't see that. But, you know, like, uh, when it when it comes to um, being hip and being, like, into things and and having your pulse on what's popular that definition of cool we we bypassed long ago uh and and here's a question for you and please don't take this the wrong way i don't mean it as any kind of insult but as a man in his 40s do you ever like feel out of place or or like weird because of the way you look because of like the clothes you wear, the tattoos, everything else, you know, like, do you ever feel like because disrespected? I'm not supposed to look like that as a right. Be, like, like conventional society is like frowns upon it. Like, do you ever feel? Oh, I'd never feel like that because if somebody does think that, uh, first of all, why am I hanging out in a place where somebody's like thinking that? But anywhere you go, people are like that. Like, like I am not nearly. I have no. I have zero qualms with that. That that I'm so. I'm so like that's the the coolness thing I was talking about. Like I give a fuck because you know why? I know I'm like I've I haven't nobody has it figured out, but I've kind of figured it out for myself. You know, all you have to do is be happy. I don't give a fuck if you think that a 41 year old shouldn't be covered in tattoos with a stupid haircut. You're not me. I'm. Me. I didn't say I'm, it was stupid. No, I'm saying like no. These are the things I, you know, I am self-aware enough of. Dude, right, that's what I'm right. saying. But it doesn't bother me one single bit because that's all projection of like self-hate, deprecation, unhappiness, like that they're putting on me. Because I'm walking through this unscathed. I'm completely right. happy. I'm doing everything I want. I have a charmed Good. life. I'm on a podcast with Christopher Triana right now. It doesn't get you better know? than that. What the fuck do I have to? To be like, to worry, to sweat some fucking square, 
looking yeah. at me going like, oh, really? He really wishes that like, man, I wish I wish I wouldn't have married that stupid fat dump of a, <laughs> you know, and now I'm stuck doing this fucking yeah. job. And, you, you know, know, what? I, I oh, wanted a tattoo what? once, but now I have four kids and one of them probably isn't mine. And, you know, you know like, what? All that kind of shit, dude. You know what? Fuck but, them socias. Exactly. Fuck those socias. What's socia? Socias. It's from the outsiders. Oh, it was oh. the greasers and the socias. I thought you were saying Sammy Sosa for a second. I was like, no, no. So- I, the was, whole family? I was saying, I was saying, you're gold and stay gold, John Pony Wayne. Boy. John yeah, that's how I feel about cool, dude. It's just like there's cool and there's levels of cool. Of course, there's there's adolescent cool, high school cool. It's all different. It's it's different. You're I'm none of us. We're not existing in that coolness. We don't have any. We have no right to be existing in that coolness. We shouldn't even be there. Yeah. Um, we're like the, you know, like I said, the force ghosts of coolness. Like we appear like, you know, if some somebody will figure something out and be like, oh, shit. And they'll look to the side and me and you are force ghosts going like, right. hey, and Fonzie's with us. Hey. And Fonzie's with us, too. And he's like, hey, that's how you, you know, you realize what cool is. That's that's what it is, dude. OK, well, um, I take all my advice from Joe Cool. Which is Snoopy with uh, the glasses, the sunglasses on. No, I thought he was, I thought Joe Cool killed Batman. Parents, but killed Batman's parents. He might have. I mean, it's, it's up for, it's up for debate. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those unsolved mysteries. It's one of those. Okay. Fair enough. So, um, I guess that brings us to another topic though. Uh, we were talking about getting old and not being. Oh, we, we we let the band play at all. We no, we we will. Okay, it, we will. Right here, I think right here is where we change topics, and we talk about the things that would make most people think we're not cool. Now, John Wayne and I are both horror writers, and there is a certain darkness that comes with that. People would expect us to be into just like evil heavy metal and darkness and horror. Very and complicated. We are, and we are, but there's more to us than that. There, we, we are complex individuals, True. and as such, like any person, we have certain pleasures that some might call guilty, but we feel no guilt. Uh, things that are just not cool, uh, but we consider uh, awesome. So, on to our next topic, which is... One, two, three, four! Guilty, Guilty pleasures. Playing is for pleasure. Playing is for pleasure. Okay, so guilty pleasures. I'm gonna say right away. Uh, I was down to do this topic. You brought it up, but I, I I have a problem with the the even the term guilty pleasures in right. the same way that uh, I just explained coolness in the last segment, where you rise above everything. And you're like, hey, man, it's just not for you. Or, or you know what? Sure. I was wrong. I was wrong. Like, I can look at things that and be like, you know what? I actually do like that. Right. So so that's the way I look at it. So I don't know. And I, I don't know if I have anything where I'm, I'm necessarily ashamed uh, in a way where, where I but I will talk about the things that I don't think people would expect uh, me to be in. That's that. exactly what I think <laughs> the topic is, because I'm like you. I don't feel guilty for liking anything that I like. I like what I like, period. I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. I don't care what other people think about it. I'm um, not ashamed. But 
uh, these are things that I wouldn't say are guilty pleasures. That's just like a general term that I thought we should use. These are things that I've gotten ridiculed and picked on about, uh, teased by friends for, for my whole life for liking. So let's get into those. Do you want to start with one or shall I? I, I mean, you, you, you start us off with one actually. Well, it is my birthday. God damn it. And, and a happy birthday. Proud we are of all of you. You got damn right. So, yeah, so you start. What's a guilty pleasure for you? Okay. Here's something that I've been into since I was about 16 years old. Uh, now, picture this. I'm a 16-year-old, 1990s, okay? And one of my favorite musical artists is Tom Jones. Not so, exactly the most so, popular thing for teens to listen to. In how the did you? How did that become your favorite singer in at sixteen years old? You know, I'm glad you asked that, John Wayne. Um, I, I'm not sure if I am. Well, you're gonna listen to it anyway. Um, like somehow uh, in 1994, uh, somehow I, I I saw a performance. Of Tom Jones. Now, in 1994, he came out with an album called The Lead and How to Swing It. Now, this album kind of was like his way of reinventing himself. There was like some hip hop in it and there was some rock and roll in it. And I saw on some channel, probably VH1, I happened to see him performing a song called A Girl Like You. Now, this isn't one of his biggest hits, but at the time it was like a single he released. Uh, and the, the song was mixed by Flood, a producer who also did uh, music with Nine Inch Nails and, uh, and U2 and stuff. So mm. it had a newer sound than the, it's not unusual, you know, it had a newer sound. And I love that song to this day. I love that song. It's a great rockin' tune. Yeah. Um, but I also had the score to um, Edward Scissorhands by Danny Elfman. And I used to be super into Danny Elfman. I used to like smoke weed John Wayne style and listen to Danny Elfman and come up with like story ideas and stuff when I was a young amateur author. And uh, that and Danny Elfman is someone we would definitely talk about at length on an episode uh, that has to deal with <clears throat> characters of music and movies. Totally. Go ahead. Totally. That, that'll probably that'll probably happen. Um, but anyway, on the Edward Scissorhands soundtrack, it's all Danny Elfman score until the very end where there's uh, With These Hands by Tom Jones, uh, one of his old songs, which is actually in uh, the movie, which is kind of like a, a funny thing because, you know, he's Edward Scissorhands and the song is With These Hands. Uh, I get it. Yeah, see? <laughs> you got it. You got it. Now, um, from that, I was just like, wow, this guy can sing like a motherfucker. He's such a good singer. And I got super into him, and all my friends were pissed because I was like, Hey, let's put on some more Tom Jones, you know? We'd be like, you know, smoking bongs or tripping on acid. And I was like, hey, let's put on some more Tom Jones. And I did have one or two people in my life who were like, wow, this guy really can sing. This is this is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, but most were not. But most were not that open-minded. These are people who are listening to Stone Temple Pilots and other uh, abhorrent, horrible fucking bands, you know. Uh, and so uh, they didn't get it the way that that I did. And to this day, I still love Tom Jones. Uh, he's an incredible singer. I saw him live in Las Vegas 
about 10 years ago, which was one of the greatest concerts of my life. I was so thrilled. I've been listening to him so long and I got to see him live in Vegas. What better place to see Tom Jones, you know? Um, in his natural habitat. In his know. natural habitat. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so do you not think Scott Weiland is a good singer? Uh, he's all right. I didn't say he wasn't. What does that have to do with Tom Jones? You said listening to STP or other abhorrent bands, he was the singer of Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, is he? I didn't know who we were talking about. No, fuck that guy. He basically was just a poor man's um, Eddie Vedder. He just did Eddie Vedder. No, no way, dude. You gotta listen to his like solo album and shit that he did after. No, no, he's no, completely, no. he's completely different. And he fucking died doing what he loved, shooting heroin and singing rock and roll. Man, you gotta fucking respect that. I don't have to do a goddamn thing. You can respect whatever you want. I don't have to respect. Okay, well, you didn't even know what his name down. was, and you called him a Borat. So there. <laughs> well, I knew the band. I knew the band. I didn't learn the the members of the band because they were basically a Pearl Jam cover band and didn't deserve my respect. But well, I don't oh. really, I don't really like Pearl Jam, and I've seen them live many times. Pearl Jam. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't really like Pearl Jam either. Well, it I'm seems not... like you're a Pearl Jam uh, supporter. No, well, are I'm you a Pearl Jam denier? I'm what? not into Pearl Jam at all. In fact, I don't like '90s alternative rock at all. I don't like Pearl Jam and Nirvana. I, I never oh, liked man, that this shit. Is, well, we've got so many episodes that we have to break down with these. Well, I never liked but, that. Shit. But but the point is, is that Pearl Jam was first. Stone Temple Pilots just ripped off Pearl Jam. I don't like Pearl Jam. I'm not trying to come to the defense, but the facts are facts. Stone Temple Pilots was just a cheap Pearl Jam knockoff. Well, I'm glad that you've become the authority of facts. On, it's my uh, birthday. I'm right. Okay. <laughs> um, you know this is like always sunny when they have like Mac Day or D-Day or Charlie right. Day. Like, you know, I have to do everything you say. Otherwise, another day gets tacked on. Okay, so I'll just good. have to agree with that. Uh, that. But anyway, but, uh, so not, Tom Jones, like, so people gave about, you a lot of, oh, sorry. We're, we're not here to talk about alternative rock we're talking here you were here to talk about tom fucking jones dude now great singer incredible vocalist stylish as fuck um i love him and i don't care i never cared what people thought about that but for all the people who are like tom jones that's pussy shit that's not cool whatever i've got a story that may change your mind john wayne and everyone else who's listening. A story about Tom Jones that will We'll, we'll hear it next time. So here's my guilty puns. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. This, now this, this, this will prove without a shadow of a doubt how badass Tom Jones is. And you will come to respect him. I can I guarantee it. I, I never said I didn't respect him. I, I'm saying anyone who's listening who doesn't. Okay. You will come to respect him based on this story alone. Okay. You can deliver on that. You're goddamn right. I can. This is the greatest. This is the greatest sex story from Hollywood or the music industry or whatever of all time. The greatest. It does not get better. All right. Was he on that boat with Laura Woods and them or? No. Who? What? Never mind. Never mind. Go ahead. Tell me a story. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I usually don't. So anyway, Tom Jones. <clears throat> now. I think we I think most people who listen to this show know who Cassandra Peterson is. Cassandra Peterson is better known as Elvira. Now, when Cassandra was younger, 
she was a Vegas showgirl. Now, she was about 19 years old, okay? She was in Vegas. She was absolutely stunning, as you can imagine. She was breathtaking. She was in And still playful. stunning to this still day. Stunning. Still stunning. But, but, very, very but, nice. Very uh, nice. Yeah, but her at 19, brrr, like it was insane. Okay. Now she I can imagine that. She meets Tom Jones. All right. And she's very enamored because he's an incredible singer. Tom Jones often had and still has, even though he's like a hundred, still has like when you, you go to a Tom Jones concert, women throw their panties at Tom Jones. That's pretty awesome. He's yeah. gotta have like Wilt Chamberlain like like with like lady lover numbers he does he's the yeah. Wilt, he's the wilt chamberlain of uh lounge singers of awesome yeah of awesome as well there you go so anyway he he uh you know they strike up a conversation whatever cassandra peterson elvira 19 ends up back at his room uh because you know she's so enamored because he's like such a sex symbol at the time he's so you know uh, such a lothario so they have sex, okay? Ooh la la. She, yeah, right, well, ooh, scandalous. They have uh, intercourse, um, and it turns out that Cassandra, Elvira, was a virgin. Elvira lost her virginity to Tom fucking Jones. But it gets better. Was she pregnant? No. It oh. turns no, it's better. I said better, not worse. It's better. Tom Jones is apparently very well endowed. So well endowed, in fact, that he actually tore Cassandra's pussy when he fucked her to the point where she had to go to the hospital and get stitches. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's more badass. Is this in her biography, or did she tell you this at a well, signing? No, she told me this personally <laughs> when she was over at my house. No, no, but that. But I'm glad you said it because this is actually what makes the story so cool. It's not Tom Jones <clears throat> who tells this story and brags about it. He's too much of a fucking gentleman, right? Exactly. That's he doesn't kiss and tell. Oh it's my. Elvira who tells this story. It's Cassandra Peterson who, even though her her vagina was torn and had to get stitches says it was a great experience, that she had a wonderful night, that he was super nice to her and super good, and uh, that, and she's happy to have given her virginity to him. Uh, so here he is, big-dicked Tom Jones with a fucking voice like an angel. Swinging dick. Damn. Swinging dick. Swinging like, you know, dick. Like, Singing, yeah. like nine inches of dangling fury goes into young Cassandra Peterson, tears her vagina, and she's the one who brags and tells the story. Now, if that's not the most badass thing you've ever heard, you, sir, have must have heard some uh, amazing story that I haven't. I don't know, man. I've heard a lot of badass things. But but I imagine, like, that's pretty badass. But I imagine it's probably like, you know, you know, when you're in the... You're in the batter's box with the um or the on deck circle, and you put a donut on your bat with the weight, you know, so you, you know, it's heavier. So when you get in the batter's box, you could swing. Like she just got that big dick right away, and now that she could go 
And now, like, she was prepared to run really fast because she trained with a weight vest on. You know what I mean? I, I, I suppose so. She was also uh, involved with Elvis Presley and later admitted she wished she had lost her virginity to Elvis. Who uh, doesn't? Right. But uh, there's no <clears throat> way he could have been packing a can in, like, Tom Jones. Probably not. I mean, the only person who packed as big of a hog as Tom Jones was Greg's dad, uh, as we both Rest know. Rest in peace. <laughs> Shouts out, power. Greg. Shouts Rest out, in power. Greg Kirby. Right, Greg, your dad and his our giant, Greg, giant who dick. is our who? Um, those who don't know, our our, our buddy Greg. He is our a uh, professional bringer of beer uh, for us. So thanks, Greg, and uh, mirth and happiness. And his he dad had much. a huge dick that was buried across yeah. three counties. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I don't know where this joke came from, but at some I, point we were like, I made yeah, it up. <laughs> yeah, like so at some point we, we decided that his, his deceased father had a giant dung. Uh, we but should have him call into the show to, to just to talk about his dad's dick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all he would bring to the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm kidding, Greg. I love you. Don't have a hissy fit. That Cubs uh, hat. Ooh. ooh. Socks forever. <laughs> Cubs never. Anyway. I couldn't care less. Uh, enough personal vendettas. All right. Yeah. So yeah. So that's pretty cool, Tom Jones. But but also I could see that as like, are you're at the party in college? You put on the Tom Jones record and you're like standing against the wall, like you know, like and the girls are like, I don't know. He's just kind of dark, Mister. Just put on this record, like you know, you're. Right. right. I'll try to be like that, but you're actually a nerd. Uh. So what? No. Well, sure. Again. <laughs> again. Not cool. Not cool. I I don't know, like. What I could say is, okay, so this is how I wanted to approach this. Again, I was saying, like, when I was a young, arguing with people about music and movies and books and stuff like that is a young man's game, as I say. Mm. So when I was a younger man, I would argue to the death about uh, being, like, genuine and selling out and all this stuff, being in a band, right? Being being in bands. And right. it was, like, this was, like, when I, it was... I in no way view art as a competition right now, but back then when I was much younger, of course you're watching all the bands you're playing with and being like, Oh, we're better than them. Like it becomes like some weird competition. Right. So then you want to like immediately begin to, uh, you know, defame anything that doesn't fit in your sphere of whatever you're trying to come off as or whatever. So, so I guess like, you know, now and John Wayne is dead. Like we're uh, like a punk, you know, kind of mostly punk, super fast punk band with like uh, I don't want to say honky tonk, uh, whatever salsa. salsa, a little bit yeah, of salsa. salsa. No, um, <laughs> with rockabilly type of things in it, but but poppy, right? And yep. that's and that like back, I used to decry pop punk like. You know, like, fuck, that is not punk. Fuck you. Fuck you for liking them. That's fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. But even then, you know, I can admit now, even then, I really still did like those bands. I loved Blink-182. I saw them at Fitzgerald's here in Houston when, when Travis Barker first joined the band. I used to fucking make fun of people who liked Fall Out Boy and Good Charlotte. And I can probably sing every word to like both of those bands first two albums of every single song 
And I'm okay with that. Like I, you know, people may look at me and, and like, think like this guy's a metal dude or something like that, but I am way into, uh, a cool melody and a catchy fucking hook and a harmony and, uh, all that kind of stuff. That's the only thing I can think of, but I will say uh, one thing that might, uh, people might be like okay dude let's come on was back in back in uh when it was the 2000s early there was a band called limp biscuit that was very pop and i really really loved limp biscuit i listened to them all the time from the beginning uh saw them many many times and i got super into west borland their guitar player because i loved how he dressed up and got all this crazy shit so like he and he did all the artwork and stuff and he did all this crazy art. So I actually I got um, a tattoo of that's like those clowns that are on like a painting that he did that's on the back of the Limp Biscuits first album. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm I'm trying not to laugh. I, I, hey man, I, I don't I give a fuck. I had love, a great you love what you time love. at those concerts. And you love what you uh, love. I also think I West Portland. West Borland is like, I'm not trying to make it, I'm not trying to lessen the impact of Limp Bizkit, but West Borland is so fucking talented. Like he's got, he's got all these side projects and like currently he play he plays, he's, his solo thing is Blacklight Burns, but he also plays in this uh, kind of singer songwriting band with his wife uh, that, that does a lot of stuff. So he does, and he does soundtracks now too as well. So all he right. does a lot of fucking stuff, but dude, you know what? In Ru- mm. I know, I know no one can do anything now because of the coronavirus, but in Russia, like Limp Bizkit goes to Russia like today and they play these huge fucking stadiums because like they just got Limp Bizkit over there. Well, they fucking go, they're singing every fucking word. And I'm like, man, in in Soviet Russia, in Soviet Russia, Limp Bizkit listens to you. (laughs) Damn it. You took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) Well, but, okay, yeah, so you like Limp Bizkit. That, but I, that, is, but, that yeah, counts back then, as a pleasure. Back then, I was, but I was like super new metal dude. I was in, I loved corn. I had, a, I had long hair back then, and I would get it uh, like braided to look like a head, one of their guitar players, and like all dreadlocked and weird because I was all, I was all into that, dude. Yeah. Well, you know, you know like we all have our, embarrassing moments they you are know, awkward our awkward phase we all have say that. awkward no i said awkward phase we all have that um but it was so like a tinge okay. of embarrassment for a moment but i'm not embarrassed now uh, you shouldn't be dude no you should you like what you like that's i'm, that's above, what I'm, about, I'm in that cloud of coolness above you know i told you we referenced earlier the cool cloud. have you have have you let me ask you this have you seen um the movie the fanatic with John Travolta? Fanatic. No, I haven't seen that one. Well, it's it's written and directed by Fred Durst. Oh. Limbistic. I've, yeah, seen, I've seen uh, one of his movies that he directed, or, or he was Andy, like plays a sheriff in one movie. Uh, but I know he is directing movies now. I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, he, uh, he made The Fanatic, which is uh, pretty notorious for how awful it is. It won like Razzie Awards and everything. It, it it I mean it may not be now but it was on Amazon Prime. I highly recommend you check it out because it is an an abhorrent, terrible, terrible movie. It, 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 like enjoyable because it's so awful, 
like uh, uh, because John of Travol- how it was directed, or what? <laughs> Everything about it is bad. There's no redeeming qualities. John Travolta is like an obsessive fan of this actor. Uh, but my favorite part in the film is the actor guy uh, is like driving around with his son. Uh, and he's like, he pops in a CD. He's like, you want to listen to music? And he pops in a CD and it's Limp Biscuit. And like, they're like, listen to it. And he's like, yeah, I was really into them back in the day. They're the best band, man. They're so awesome. And I'm like, how fucking sad is this? Like, Look, Fred Durst I... makes the movie and is like, like talking to, like, he makes his characters talk about how awesome his band is. It was so fucking But was lame. that like tongue in cheek? Was he making a joke about himself? No, I don't. It didn't come off that way, dude. It comes off as him being like, yeah. This is the best, man. And the kid's like, "Yeah, this is." I don't. Really good. I don't know. You can speak about them in any terms these days without being like, "Okay, but we know." Like they're not. We know. We know what it is. We know what happened back then. New metal is. You know, there was maybe a few phoenixes who rose from that, but that was a dark time in music, much like twenty twenty. It's a dark time in life. Rock rock rap was a sad, sad time. Sad, sad time. It, and in yeah. Houston, actually, dude, in our scene at that time, we had some fucking rap rock bands that were like our the popular bands in Houston at that time as well. Yeah. But some good. We had one called Dinosaur Salad. It was fucking badass. That was more like uh, more rocking. But anyway, yeah, I really I like I like them. But also, it's not like I don't want anybody to be like, oh, now I can't trust John Wayne's fucking taste in music. I like all I love music, a bunch of good bands and all kinds of shit. But. Limp Bizkit is fine. If you still like it today, it's hey, fine. Dude, if it, com- if like it, it comes like on it. a playlist when I'm like on the treadmill or something, I'm like, bam, 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 bam. I did it all for the nookie. Come on, the nookie. You know, I don't care. Keep bowling, bowling, bowling. It's rolling, dude. Okay. Well, I so, like bowling better. I think that's that. Uh, I would like to go bowling soon. Keep and bowling, I wish that bowling, you and I bowling. Could go bowling together. And if we were on a bowling team and we had some cool ass bowling balls that were lucite with skulls in them, like Bill Murray had, yeah, and King, and then that would be our song, dude. <clears throat> keep bowling, 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 we, bowling. Oh, and, but we'd have Fred Durst actually do that he'd come out and introduce yeah, us. He would he's be got there with work. a megaphone. Yeah. He'd come with us into, oh no, I want him to tour with us on the bowling circuit. Yeah. And he would be with a megaphone. And, and, and when he sang that, we would jump him. We No, we come out, dude. <laughs> no, we're his friends, dude. Keep bowling, bowling, bowling. We come out with our fucking bowling balls and shit. We're all that, cool. That bowling thing is actually, um, it was a, an episode of American Dad where, uh, where Steve was like a professional bowler. And they actually had like Limp Biscuit do that song. They keep bowling, bowling, bowling. So like that's the version that I know. So end okay. of story. Uh, yeah, and that was also <laughs> like the very that was when they they really hit the decline was when that album came out. All right, we'll say <laughs> they're real decline. Yeah. All right, so we could have went. a whole Limp Biscuit episode that I know you want to have uh, later. Oh, but totally, because I, I that's know the nothing only thing about them that I could think of. Really, where I was like, yeah, I guess a lot of people hate Limp Bizkit in such a way. But even, but like people that aren't even from that generation just think they're shitty. Like, well, they are the Nickelback of of rock. So, well, they're way better than Nickelback, dude. Mm. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> dude, come on, you can't tell me that. Like, look at this photograph. Every time I do it makes me laugh. It's cooler than like guys jumping around with tattoos. One guy's dressed like a fucking ape from the future with a tat with a fucking glowing uh, guitar. That's this, not cool. That's this cooler. Is all, this is all too new for me to 
understand. Even though it's 20 years old, it's too new for me to even even get the references. So, Fair, Fair enough. Because one of the things that I'm super into okay. that people make fun of now uh, is I love hair metal. I absolutely love it. Quiet Riot, Rat, Warrant, Motley Crue. I love these bands. I listen to them all the time. I think that hair metal is um, the pinnacle of rock. Uh, and I love arena rock. I love Def Leppard and Poison and all those bands. And I don't. I, I really don't care if people agree with me or not on that. Like the Tom Jones thing, I'll be like, yeah, I know. I know it's yeah. kind of a weird thing for me to like, but fuck you. When I was when I was twelve and really coming into my own musical, because that's like the the age where you come into your own like musical uh, uh, beliefs. You know, like before twelve, you're kind of like you listen to what your parents listen to or whatever. But twelve is that like golden era where you start to discover your own music. And for me, that was Alice Cooper and Bon Jovi and hair metal. Uh, to this day, it's it's one of my absolute favorite uh, musical genres. I absolutely love hair metal. Uh, so we've talked about that and, and I, I'm, I, I mean, I'm not casting aspersions, but I would almost uh, equate, uh, the entire genre of hair metal to Limp Bizkit, if you will, if we're looking what? at, if we're looking at things from the way that people look at things. I don't even know what the hell you're saying here. I'm saying that the way that people would look at Limp Bizkit is probably the way most likely that they look at the entire genre of hair metal. Uh, I disagree. I think Limp Bizkit. I disagree with a lot of things that you say, but (laughs) I'm I like hair metal. I love Motley Crue. I love rock and roll. That that's like the rock. That's when rock and roll was was the lifestyle was real. Oh my god! That's when we defined that they defined what rock and roll was, and I really am enamored with that. Cock Uh, rock. I'm just enamored with the rock and roll lifestyle of like the. But but like you said, but but that's where it came from, right? But that they were just the. The and all the songs that they made were about them, you know, doing drugs and fucking chicks. Right, all wanted right. to do. That's 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 exactly right. Like like, like you're it, saying, like that. Uh, that is the epitome of rock and roll is cock rock. You know, like they they like the guys in in Motley Crue banged way more hot chicks than the guys in Nirvana ever did. It was a very different. Yeah, exactly. But way more than they deserved to. But <laughs> but they did. But they, they did. did. Look at the list of, uh, like, Google the list of Tommy Lee's ex-girlfriends compared to Kirk no, Cobain's. Look, you know? we've all seen the fucking video of him honking the horn with his dick. Yeah, and I, no, don't, no. I don't want this to be like, I don't want this to come off like hair metal's cool because they fuck a lot of chicks. But um, really, though, like, no. But... but it's like that, when you think about what rock and roll is, it's that, like, that encapsulates it. It does. Sex, sex it does. drugs. And rock and roll, yeah. Excessiveness. And I, that was that was a real big heartache for me growing up because when I was 12, 13, all that stuff was still really popular, you know? Hair metal was all the rage. And Well, I Guns N' Roses, I'm two years younger than you. Guns N' Roses was popular when I was, I remember that. The no, video they, they video. were, but, but, it, but, but hear me out. Um, hair metal and like all that kind of rock was, was all the rage when I was 12 and 13. And I was like, oh, man, you know, like once I get a little bit older, it's going to be sex, drugs and rock and roll. This is going to be my life. And then, you know, I turn like 15 
And then alternative rock comes in with Pearl Jam and Nirvana and all these sad sacks whining about how misunderstood they are and how life sucks. And then everything changed. And instead of wearing leather skirts and, and, and fishnets, chicks were wearing flannels and baggy jeans and, and dyeing the hair green. And everyone was just like, you know, and I was so fucking pissed. Like to this day, it hurts me that I was just shy of being part of that 80s metal hair metal era of sex, drugs and rock and roll. And instead got stuck with this fucking 90s alternative rock garbage, which I fucking hate. Okay, let's calm down. Um, Fuck you, I hate it. I I liked Nirvana quite a bit when it came out. Um, uh, And I was into, you know, some other bands throughout there. But I, I want to say that I do not think that the idea of rock and roll died during that time at all. It just existed in different ways. That just it happened to be died. The, the, the zeitgeist of the time was grunge and everyone was sad. And it uh, died. It dude. did not the die. Dude. Of rock and roll died because of Kurt Cobain. It absolutely did. Like, there was nothing rock and roll about that whole era of music. It was just Soundgarden, my friend, is rock and fucking roll, dude. Soundgarden was gibberish. Gibberish, like uh, it gibberish. Like, Chris Cornell himself admitted when he wrote Black Hole Sun that he was just playing with words that it doesn't mean anything. He himself said that. Who the, cares? The, the, those songs about something. are about nothing. They're rocking out. Who fucking cares? If <sighs> oh my gosh, you're gonna tell me that the mo- songs are about something poignant they're about fucking chicks not poignant but they're about something black hole sun is about nothing black hole sun is about nothing girls 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 are about hot chicks you know dr feelgood is about drugs you know like like their songs are about something whether they be you know like empty-headed sure they are you know but like wild side is about being fucking wild and crazy in the world I know Black I like. Hole Sun is about nothing, and it and that is admitted by Chris Cornell. So, where where there you your, go? You're citing on this, by the way. Rest in look power. It, no, look it up. Google it. This is true. You look like, it up. You Google it. I read this somewhere at some point. This is actually true. You know, like you read it somewhere at some point. Okay, I did. Like, like this is. I'm not just saying. All right, this. I'm, I'm not. I'm not say saying you didn't. Like, well, let me say you know, this as, as. Let me say this as a songwriter. Uh, sometimes you write shit and people interpret it in, in an entirely different way. And it makes you realize that like, Oh, maybe it doesn't really mean that. Like you get to see it from another people, someone, someone's else's eyes. And then you start to think that maybe your original idea is foolish. So maybe you back off of that and be like, yeah, didn't say that he didn't say that. You what don't know. This guy, could, this guy, this guy hung himself in his said. hotel room after a fucking sold out show. What he said, what he said was that he was just playing with words and just coming up with interesting phrases, and that this the song doesn't mean anything other than that. It's just a just playing with with the English language, which well, is fine, you know, which is interesting were, in it, itself. But if you were insecure about your storytelling. Wouldn't you try to downplay it as something that didn't have any importance to it? So you wouldn't be rejected. I don't think that's what he was doing, man. I think he was just like really being serious where it was just like, yeah, that was me just playing with words. He didn't say that about all of his songs. He said it about black hole sun. 
You know, like well, he can't... wasn't saying like everything I write is gibberish, but he, he openly admitted that that song was gibberish. That's fine. You know, I, it, it's just still like rock and roll, dude. They are rock and roll. Well, we're just going to have to agree to disagree because we're a couple of old men and we're not cool. And Soundgarden is not cool. Molly Crew is not cool. cool. Molly Crew is fucking cool. Not, not as, not by mainstream standards. You know, you talk to teenagers now. Here's the, here's the thing that blows my mind, dude. This blows my mind. Check this out. You're going to like this. This is going to, this is going to make your testicles wither. This is going to make your (laughs) testicles wither. That's how old you're going to feel when I say this. Smells like teen spirit. The anthem of the 90s uh, generation of Gen X, right? That yeah, song. Eight years old, right? That song is as old now as the four season song Walk Like a Man was when Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit came out. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, that's what kills me, man. When you talk to teenagers, we might, like, that's like when adults were talking to us about music and they talked about songs from the 50s like us mentioning nirvana and motley crew to to 16 year olds that's like like when we were kids and people would mention the fucking coasters and elvis like it's that distant no i get it i get it but i also think that you have to you have to uh correct for the existence of the internet because back then, when we were being told this, like, you know, we we're like coasters, whatever, dude. We had no point of reference. Eh. But now people have, like, kid, anybody has so much access to information and music. You're, everybody's on Spotify or well, yeah, Amazon. But, and but if I, you like this, like, then you'll like this. I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's more accessible. It's more out there for you to actually discover. Anyway, Soundgarden is rock and roll. And we can talk about that. In a Soundgarden-related episode, which I am already uh, drafting a proposal for, so... I'm not doing that. I'm going to send it to your secretary, and uh, we'll see if we can get it notarized, and we'll push it on through to the uh, the house, and we'll get them to sign off on it, and we'll, then we'll just do it. <laughs> uh, Soundgarden. So, okay, but well, let's just agree to move on to our next topic <laughs> okay well yeah well, okay what other guilty pleasures do you have because i just did hair metal what do you got or did you have just limp biscuit like i said like i don't know i i because because i talk about everything on my other podcast john wayne lied to you which you should subscribe to uh i don't sure. really have any like su- secret things i'm holding back to like in my room by myself like i don't know i i pretty much talk about all the embarrassing things that uh, have happened to me and then, I, and then I'm like, I have Limp Biscuit tattooed on my body. I mean, what else do you want me to, to, to admit? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get you. much sadder than that. So, um, oh, okay. I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I have, I have uh, a couple other things that I'll, I'll say. Okay, you go ahead. Of mine, uh, because, because I think I'm, you should let go of this guilt, dude. No, because might I'm, be what's it might be what's making you feel old. I'm, I'm, I'm more prepared. Uh, than you because you know i care about this show and i want it to I, be good i am prepared i'm just not guilty <laughs> about anything you're prepared in the sense that you packed a bowl <laughs> hey man i tease because i love i honestly am not guilty i don't feel bad about anything else like there's no, nothing i, I don't, don't watch either. the. i'm not i don't watch the care bears anymore to where <laughs> i could say just, like <laughs> like you, you stopped yesterday yeah uh, but no 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 i like as we said before 
the, the guilty pleasures is the topic, but we don't feel guilt because we like what we like. We're secure in who we are. Um, and secure in our masculinity, which we're also I, I'm secure in my coolness, which means that most of the things I almost I guess everything I like is pretty cool already. So well, well, see, I accept myself as lame, and I'm okay with that. I don't know why I, you identify as a lame. You I identify do. as a lame, and I don't appreciate it. Well, you know, it's my birthday, so well shave those chops, then lame. <laughs> hey, hey, that's what it's gonna take to be hey, lame. Hey, you got me riled up, dude. You got me riled up. Um, the chops are lame, and I'm okay with that. My fucking birthday. When it's my birthday, we're gonna have such a day. Yeah, I know. Soundgarden the whole time playing. The whole time talking about Soundgarden and and I'm gonna send you a Soundgarden T-shirt that you have to wear during the show. I'll wear it. I'll wear it. It'll be a big lie, and I'll wear it. Now, um, it always sunny when it was Mac Day. They all had to wear their shirts with the sleeves cut off. Right, right, right. Like you, like you, much like John Wayne, Um, much like me. Shouts out. Yep. Rad girlfriend records date in Ohio. I am I am wearing a Rocky Balboa uh, yellow and um, kind of looks like the Lakers jersey. Like it's not though. It's 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 blank. Uh, but it's it's uh, I bought it because it reminded me of of the Italian stallion. Um, Is it? You think it's one of the? You think it has like a special ink that if you pee on it or something, then it shows like the Lakers Magic Johnson or something or? No. Nope. The no? only the only Laker basketball player I really love is Fletch. So hmm. that makes yeah. sense. It does. Uh he was the best. So uh real like, let's let's move along so we can get to our, our, our next topic. Um I, I do have one or two other things that I love Please. that I get made Don't. fun of for. Again, these are not yeah. guilty pleasures. These are just things that most people make fun of me for and wouldn't expect the author of Full Brutal to like. Now, I will say you if you think it's ridiculous that I love Tom Jones, brace yourself because guess what, motherfucker? What? I love Olivia Newton John. Okay, so who what is she a singer or an actress or a Shut your she? whore mouth. Of course she was a singer and an actress. Best known for Greece, also yeah. known for Xanadu, a so bad it's good movie. Uh, but here's the thing about Olivia. Now she doesn't she doesn't get the respect she deserves because she was the original Taylor Swift. She started off as a beautiful blonde country singer, and then transmogrified into a pop star with songs like Physical and um, Magic and, and and stuff like that. Right. Um, she has an incredible voice. Not the greatest actress, but who cares? She's a singer. Um, and I, I genuinely love her. I think she has the voice of an angel. And if you can't accept that, that's your problem. I don't think, I don't think that's bad. I, I also love, I love musicals. Uh, I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure that I should have said, but like I have, I think that counts. Yes. I I have the soundtrack to cabaret on vinyl. I have some other soundtracks to things, but like, I, I, I love, I like musicals. I don't have a problem with that. I go, I went and like my ex-wife like bought us like awesome tickets to go see Rent when it was like touring through Houston and I hated it. I was like, God, yeah. this sucks. <laughs> this is so boring. I don't care about any of these people. Like I did not like Rent at all. But yeah. like I loved yeah. Cabaret. Um, I thought that was awesome. I sing that all the time. Un cabaret. Un my ex-wife cabaret, and I went to see some musicals cabaret. too. Actually, yeah. My ex-wife and I saw some musicals. We saw um. 
one of my favorite experiences as far as entertainment goes is I went to see the Book of Mormon on Broadway. And, see, I didn't get to see that. I saw Cabaret. Ooh, dude, it's, Book of Mormon. it's so to. good. It's so fucking good. It's, un, it's incredible. Um, I absolutely loved that. It was a great experience. It was my first time seeing anything on Broadway. And I was so happy that it was this atheistic, blasphemous um, musical. It was really a lot of fun and really, really great. Uh, and so, like, we kind of got the bug after that, and we were like, oh, man, like, this was really fun. We should go see more shows. But mm. the problem is, is we lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is the asshole of the world. And, you know, like, well, when we saw um, Book of Mormon, we saw it in New York City on a visit. And so we were like, well, we'll see what comes to Charlotte. And the next thing we saw was Dirty Dancing, the musical. Ooh. Oh, you'd think, you'd think, but man, was it bad, dude. Uh, there's a scene where, so, um, there's a scene where the actors, like, they're supposed to be driving in a car and they're just like sitting in wooden chairs and the, and the guy who plays, uh, Patrick Swayze's character, he's just like pretending to steer a, a, a fucking steering wheel. It's so pathetic and bad. Um, and the dancing was really good. I'll give it that. The dancing was really good. But it was a really weak show. Uh, it was like very eye rolling, very sad, uh, and that was pretty much the end of that. Have, it killed our not... marriage, John Wayne. It killed. I, I was about to say, like, I was about to say, like, Broadway couldn't save your marriage, though. No, but nothing could. Have you? Uh, have you acted on stage? Have you done plays before? Have you, are you? Have you done I anything did. like that? I yeah. did. I did in 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 um, junior high and high school. Uh, I was very much a thespian and uh, was a very celebrated. I got a couple of awards, uh, and they mean so much to me. They're on a, they're on a shelf in my house. No, they're not. They're not at all. They're lost to the wind. Um, okay, but well, no, I was. I was. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I did the same. I, I was in. You know, I did all the speech tournaments, and I was in all the plays and UIL one act play. And yes, I won those awards, best actor. You know, fucking for the thing, and we almost got to state. We almost got to state, but uh, I did a lot of stage acting and a lot of uh, I did one play in college that was like a three person play. So it was like it was pretty cool. But after that, but then I was like all like, well, I mean, I guess I have to take real classes because I don't have to know something to earn a living. I was so dumb. Uh, but I also thought I was going to be in corn. Then I was like, I'll join corn or something like. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I did, I did a lot of stage acting and it's it, when you watch plays and stuff it's like how could that you know sometimes you have to forgive some of those things don't you think sure. or sure. but like dirty dancing seems like it's a tongue-in-cheek play anyway so it's like i would it, expect it to be ridiculous it is it is but it was um it was just kind of embarrassing in many ways everything. no and it came to charlotte so what was it like the B but, but like people were laughing but people were laughing when they <laughs> shouldn't have been laughing oh, you know that's always you know, fun. like uh, yeah, it it was it was painful. Um, we can't win. Them so, all. one other thing, because like we really focused on music with this guilty pleasure thing, and I think that's because you get you catch the more shit about music than you do you actually movies do. or TV shows, you know. Um, so there is one thing that is not music related because I wanted to come up with at least one that's not music related, and this is something I don't feel guilty about. But I catch shit about, including from you, Mr. John Wayne. I bring it on. I will do it again. I love Arby's. 
Jesus fucking Christ, dude. You know, as a fucking Simpsons man yourself, I can't believe you would even entertain the idea of trying to like Arby's. Arby's just so that you rules! could just so that you could say the line with confidence, I'm so hungry I can eat, I could Arby's. eat an Arby's. But you actually mean it. I do. You're eating I... this horse meat. It is garbage. dumpster horse meat mm-hmm. with some lizard mixed in, and you're loving it. You're like McDonald's. I'm, I'm loving, loving it. it. Why? Loving Why it. is this? Why? It's Why? Because it's delicious. No. It is. It, it is. It's garbage. I don't recommend anyone eat it or eat fast food in general. It's poison. But I will say that Arby's is one of the few fast food chains that doesn't give me diarrhea. Uh, so it has that going for it. Well, uh, case by case basis, I'm sure. <laughs> but also Arby's. Um, I, I really love the sandwiches. I love the curly fries. I love Arby's. I have a, a sick, demented love of Arby's. In fact, in a forthcoming book that I have, there is a uh, a big tie-in to Arby's. Uh, and that's coming later this year. I don't want to give it away. But there's a tie-in to Arby's. There's going to be contests involved with Arby's. They don't know about it. But um, I know I'm, about I'm gonna, it. <laughs> I'm going to contact Arby's to try to get this stopped. Cease and <laughs> You're going to have to change the name of the restaurant to something else, my friend. Hey, you know, um, I love it. It's it's just I've always loved it. It's been my favorite fast food restaurant. It's no one else's favorite fast food restaurant. So Greg, I'm maybe that, I love Arby's. Didn't Greg? Greg, Greg love, is, no, uh, my my man Greg. He does appreciate Arby's. He does. He appreciates it. And he respects Dad, it. Powers, dad's dick really loved Arby's as well. Yeah, like like I believe his dad's dick spawned several Arby's. I think they. They burst from the ground when he when his dick was buried uh, across those eighteen miles. So, did you like grow up with a lot of Arby's around you or something? Like, where did this love? Not really. That's the thing. Not really. Like, um, my family is fucked up as it was. They didn't. We didn't eat a lot of fast food growing up, and I wasn't into fast food. You know, I was like, I would eat fucking yogurt instead of eating McDonald's fries. You know, um. But as I as I reached my twenties, you know, like I I mean I did grow up in a shit ass f- town in Florida, a, a real cesspool, um, and there was non like er, like every five feet there was a, a fast food restaurant, and you know I was into the marijuanas at the time, and my buddies and I would get get stoned, and it would be late at night, and the only thing that would be open would be Taco Bell and Arby's and places like that. And I think that's where I fell in lo- love with Arby's. And then I had a few friends who worked at Arby's so I could go in and I would get like, you know, free stuff. And uh, it's delicious. Uh, even See, though the, the Simpsons o- make fun of it. And I love the Simpsons and they're right to make fun of it. Like, you know, where, where they find that dead raccoon in in, uh, in uh, Van Housen's uh, fucking apartment complex. And they're like, yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, throw it over the wall. Throw it over the fence. Let about. Arby's deal with Let it. Let Arby's worry about it. Yeah. Which is yeah. another thing that I relate to more as I get older. Now that I'm a divorced man in his 40s, I'm slowly becoming Kirk Van Houten, and it scares the shit out of me, dude. Why? Do you sleep in a racing car? <laughs> I wish I was that cool. I sleep in a bed with my wife. <laughs> yeah, you sleep in a bed with your wife. I sleep in a racing car. Dude, yeah. but, uh, you're, <laughs> I don't know, man. Grass is greener, I guess. You know, you just got to look at it in I a certain it. way. Sleeping in a racing car pretty cool throwing possums over raccoons right over but like uh also the only experience i had with arby's growing up was in high school there was an arby's that was like 
off like shouts out mom if you're listening to this like uh, down Aldine Westfield hi John uh, name's mom thanks for listening to the show yeah she's I'm a big fan of your son she's my biggest fan um and she'll fight you but why would she fight me I'm, no, I'm saying because... how much I love you and how much I appreciate that she raised such an awesome dude she likes to fight she loves to fight she's so, a brawler she's a brawler she's a brawler she's a bad dude Oh, but, she's she's the one I heard about the woman uh, who's like the uh, the head of the Fight Club in Houston. You don't talk about that. She lives hey, in oh, Pennsylvania, oh, 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 so, so anyway. But um, she comes but, down to Houston just to kick so ass to run the name. Fight Club. Yes, and you've talked yes. about it. And yes, but and now uh, now you have to kill me. When I was uh, when I was in high school, and I was a senior in high school, uh, there was this girl that was in my math class whose parents that was their franchise Arby's, right? And um, her name is Laura, and she was pretty hot. I, I was into her, but the math class, like, dude, you want to talk about coming off like this is the unintentional falling backwards into being cool. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I tried to get out of this math class because I didn't need it anymore. I was like, I don't want to do this fucking class at the beginning, and they wouldn't let me transfer out of the class. Right. So I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to fail. So I didn't do anything. <laughs> and uh, Sounds and, familiar. Like, like, I would, like, seriously, like, the she passed out the tests and I would put my name on it and walk up and give it to her and sit down and read a book. She got so fucking mad, (laughs) so mad that she made me sit outside in the hallway every class. Like she said, that's it. Take your desk out in the hall. And I was like, okay. See, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say that she got so mad that she made you eat. Arby's. No, but like, (laughs) like I was coming off cool to this girl, the Arby's girl. Right. She was like, Oh, he might be dangerous. Because I got kicked out of the class and I tried to come oh, in the next day and she said, oh, no, no, your permanent seat is outside. And I was like, why? And she's like, until you are going to do some work in here, you're going to sit outside. And I was like, OK, so that was lunch period. So as soon as like the bell rang and she would close the door, I just got up and went to all four lunches. It was pretty well, cool, but that girl's parents cool. own an Arby. So I would go down to it just to talk to her sometimes um, and just eat. Uh, if she gave me anything, I was like, uh, just give me curly fries. I, right. Even back then, dude, even when I was stupid, stupid and young, I knew not to eat Arby's. And here you are, a 43-year-old man championing it. Arby's for life. I'll tell you. Like, where I Your live... first tattoo should be an Arby's tattoo, and I would like to take you to get that. I'm not getting a tattoo because I'm not trash. Um <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trash. I, I, I don't need to mutilate myself uh, in order to get attention. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I'm fucking with you. a lot of episodes. You know episodes. I'm fucking with you. You know oh, I'm fucking with you. I love you, man. I love you. There's nothing wrong with tattoos. Uh, many of the women I've been with had tattoos, and they were whores. But uh, that doesn't mean it's wrong for you to have tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, like that i mean that's like that's a thing that you know as a man it's like if she if she smokes she pokes if she twos she screws <laughs> we just lost a big amount of our listeners right there um i love i love all women i don't care if they have tattoos um but anyway you're, no, you're scared to get a tattoo you're a big pussy that's totally what you it is it's not that it's We're talking about pussies. You are the pussy, dude. That's right. It's I'm a pussy. It's not that I don't want to look like white trash. It's not that uh, I want to look like white trash. 
uh, and mutilate myself and as an says, attention Says getter. the guy that grew up in Florida. Anyway, continue. Exactly. I escaped that white trash. There's nothing more white trash than growing up in Florida. Absolutely. But you know what? I transcended it. I escaped. I made better of myself. And I don't need to tattoo myself as a reminder that I grew up in a trailer park, you know? <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to my friends, uh, <laughs> Kira and Ashley in Florida and uh, Eric and uh, Erica and everybody else. I know else. Kira and Ashley and I apologize that they live in, and Rick, um, in Florida. And Kenzie Jennings, I apologize that you live in Florida. Kenzie, uh, I'm I'm not as sorry for you, but no, I am. I'm joking. Uh, you <laughs> and uh, Jessica and her mom. Laura. I know their pain. I know their pain. Like there is no greater pain than I, I living in that. Florida. Also, like I just could rescue them and be like, just don't do this anymore. Get out right. of here. Let's get I out. Get of here. Come on. I get you. There's nothing wrong with tattoos. I'm kidding. I'm totally There's nothing kidding. wrong with Florida. Accept a lot of things, but oh, that's... whoa, no, 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 I disagree with you. There's many things wrong with Florida. Fuck that place. I hate that place. Tattoos, I don't hate. I don't judge. I'm nearly, I, I'm just merely kidding around, merely teasing you, as you know. Um, but yeah, I like Arby's. I think that's where we're going with that. But that's enough about Arby's. It's delicious. But oh, no, that's what I was going to say. That's I, that's delicious. Where I live in New England, as you always like to sing, I live in New England. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can stop. You've sang it every episode. I think it's time to retire it um, and get the rights and have a sponsor. Yeah, we're going to get sued if we, we keep singing it um, under 30 seconds. We're fine. I think so. <laughs> so I where I live, it's a it's it's a lot of like family owned restaurants and everything. And I love that because it doesn't look like every place in America where it's just like Walgreens, Taco Bell, Walgreens, Taco Bell. It has a very unique look. And I love that about where I live. But um, it makes it hard to find Arby's. Like I have to drive like 45 minutes to get to a fucking Arby's, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard. A, fr- you know? a phrase that has never been uttered by anybody. <laughs> it makes it hard to, to find get, Arby's. To get to an Arby's. Nobody has ever said that before. Well, I'm ever. saying it now. I am a trendsetter. I, I am a, an individual. You know, I live in this very cultured town and place i'm very I fortunate do. to have I do. you know art and and very cultured and and home mom and pop That's right i do i'm able to but it it's really beautiful. makes it hard for me to, to find, find a fucking an army. i'm gonna drive to new england and punch you in the face for saying that <laughs> and then i'm gonna help you through your shoulder surgery well <laughs> but here's the thing what is I, the thing i i have traveled several times since i since i moved here again because i moved to new england and then moved back down south and then moved back again um i've traveled many times and um you know driving down to scares that care and 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 other events like that uh days of the dead which we did together um in september uh in driving uh, rest in power they're not doing it in charlotte anymore yeah yeah well you know it was kind of a dud so um hey man I, i met some very cool people there david Shouts out. No, no, no. It, 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 no, it's, it, was, it was a good event, but it was dead, dude. It was dead. Um, That's so dead. anyway, um, uh, uh, so one of my, my favorite things is as I'm driving, like once I get to Pennsylvania, it starts to change. It starts to be like, oh, wait, okay, here, here's Arby's, every other exit. And then the, like, the further south I get, the more Arby's I see. And it's kind of like, it's kind the of like. The further south uh, you get? 
Yeah, the further south you the, get, the more Arby's you see. Yeah, it's absolutely. super hard for me to find Arby's around here. Well, okay, but that's in Texas. I'm talking about the East Coast. I'm driving down south. I'm going through Maryland, and then I'm going through you know North Carolina, South Carolina. It's it's like a a, a RV an Arby's oasis, and I'm so fucking happy uh, whenever whenever I see them. I guess it's the little things, dude. It is. It is like I you know I I'm old and I'm uh, I'm single. And uh, I, I, there are ladies. <laughs> hey, hey, ladies! Yeah, ladies out there. You know, I, you know what I'm looking for. I'm You're looking really for, selling it. <laughs> you know what I'm looking for? Like, I'm gonna say this right now. I'm looking for an incredibly patient sugar mama. Like, that's what I'm looking for. A woman who has money will take care of care of me and put up with an endless amount of bullshit because I'm an impossible man. I'm impossible to live with. I, I, I have learned this. From everyone I've ever lived with before, I'm insufferable. Uh, so that's why I'm alone, and that's and that's okay. That's okay. And you can send those DMs, ladies, to at Coyote Chris. On... Shut the fuck up! Why would you say that? Like now, I'm gonna get. Um, the... Yeah, I know you. I hope you do because uh... I get weird enough fan mail from some women, and and I'm I really don't want it anymore. <laughs> Oh, okay. Let's just calm down there, Patrick Swayze, in your fan mail. Hey, hey, um, I do, I do. I get messages. I get weird ass messages, and I always when I when I talk to like uh my my female writer friends on like Skype and stuff, I'm, and I share my stories. I'm always like, I can't even imagine what it's like to be a woman. Oh God, yeah. Receiving yeah. DMs. Yeah, it's uh, if, be if, way if more I'm get if I'm getting this, yeah, it I cannot imagine. Absolutely, what you're getting, but uh, yeah, no, absolutely, man. But it is, uh, it is, it, it is fun. It, it is always fun to get a, a little. Well, I, I mean, even I if they want to see your, if they, they if they say I want to drink your man milk, you can take that as a, you know, it's like a compliment. You know, at least they didn't sure. say. I sure, you. I guess you could. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. Um, you know, like as I've gotten more and more well known i guess in like the horror fiction scene i've gotten more and more um emails and messages and you know i've I've been published in german and other languages now so i get messages from people from across the globe in a sense and sometimes it's kind of weird and that's one of the reasons like you know on all these shows where i've just said i live in new england i don't even like to say what state i live in anymore because i've gotten messages and stuff from from people that have been kind of aggressive about wanting to meet with me and it freaks me out and so yes dude i know i sent you all of those messages from those weird dummy accounts until i finally met you in person you okay i'm sorry you're the you're the several being so aggressive okay and i kept giving my i kept giving you my address well you know like I accept. No, your I know what you mean, but let's not go down like. Uh, no, how, no, we're not going. Let's not talk about how cool we are again. Uh, I let's... Just needed to say that I was cool because I know. I... It, it just like it's not like I'm being bombarded Motley Crue style with women. I'm not. Uh, I wish I was. I'm but... gonna get your address when I find it, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay. Um. Anyway. Just because they're so. Uh, good. There is one thing, and we were talking before we did the show. Yes. There is one thing 
that uh, we both love, which is considered a guilty pleasure. And unlike everything else we talked about, it's not music related. It's not Arby's related, uh, although everything should be about Arby's, in my opinion. Um, it's it's actually movie related. Yes, it is. Well, uh, there it is. And this is going to be this is going to be our our big topic for the rest of the show, uh, because we both feel so passionately about this. OK. Uh, and that topic is. Is one, two, three, four. Ernest P. Worrell. No, 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 what I mean. Ernest, Ernest, baby. Uh, Jim Varney, the Jim great Varney, my man, the great. Uh, and this is something us being close in age, uh, have a, a very, uh, you know, we were there on the ground floor, much absolutely. like you, you people who are listening right now to the show are in the gl- ground floor. We were on the Ernest P. Worrell ground floor. Definitely. Uh, dude. So, yeah. Um, the Ernest movies have a very special place in my heart. Um, and even before we should probably explain what, what we, this we, is. No, we, no, I, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. I'm getting to that. Uh, even before the movies, um, the commercials were big with me because I grew up in the South. Now, Ernest P. Worrell is a fictional character, uh, which was actually created by a advertising agency. Uh, and they created this character to do local advertisements. This wasn't even national at the time. Uh, now, uh, it was, the character was simple. It was kind of a, uh, a redneck character who was kind of simple and silly, uh, and was really annoying to his uh, unseen neighbor, Vern, and would come over to Vern's house and just be like, hey, Vern, guess what? Here's some stuff, you know, about this local dairy farm or this local grocery store. Yeah, yeah. And, and then and and that really... News just, channel and shit. Yeah, and it really just, just, just clicked. Um, now, the actor who played Ernest was a thespian actor, a Shakespearean actor, uh, named Jim Varney. Now Varney was already, uh, already kind of like uh, had his acting chops before he became Ernest and the, the yeah. and did these commercials. He was, uh, he he did a bunch of stand up uh, and did and was very like was very much known for his character stand up. He would do different characters, uh, and he wasn't just like playing in bars. This guy was on Johnny Carson. I mean, he was he was a a notable stand up performer. Uh, he, he was, was also, like like a like a Neil Hamburger or something like somebody who right. who, who assumes a, an identity on stage and like Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. weaves it so well. Like he was such a good character. He was yeah. Develop, not even I don't want to say character actor, but like developer of characters. Like he he was and he did um disappeared did into of, his characters. He did a lot of uh, improv improvised work I- improv work. Um, at comedy clubs and stuff alongside Robin Williams. Uh, so, I mean, talk really about the name say. drop. What's that? I really must say. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Know. And uh, I still don't drop. know if I'd have liked him as the Batman or Joker or whatever he was going to be. No, no, no. I, I don't think he would. I don't, wouldn't have liked him as Joker personally. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's here or there. Uh, Jim Varney was also on um, a, a, a series called Johnny Cash and Friends. What? Uh, f- yes, from 1976, Johnny Cash had a variety show, and Jim Varney was a regular character uh, and played different characters on the show. 
Uh, so he like again, he was before the Ernest thing took off. He already had made somewhat of a name for himself. He was a character actor. People didn't know his name, but he was a recognizable face. Right. Uh, and uh, so yeah, so this advertising agency comes up with this concept of this guy who is just kind of like uh, uh, the the ultimate annoying neighbor going into and, and his neighbor was always a guy named Vern, and he would just Vern was the camera. You know, and 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 mm-hmm. Ernest Jim Varney would just talk to the camera and be like, "Hey Vern, I got to tell you about this new sprite," you know, or whatever. But and, it and Vern even, never spoke. And Vern never spoke. He would you could sometimes see his hand smacking Ernest in the face, or, or he tried to shut the face. door on him. And yeah, shit. he would shut the door and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, before the sprite, before all of that, uh, it was initially local stuff in the South. It, it was, was like banks and shit. It was. It was channels, banks. Stuff it was like that. It was uh, natural gas. It was uh, local grocery stores local and grocery even stores. and even dairy farms. I mean, that's how. Yeah, he did some yogurt commercials and he shit. Did. Like that. Yeah, yeah, for local dairy farms, um, and it, uh, it 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 managed to get this fan base, and people thought it was funny and liked it. And from there, they went national, and then they started. He uh, or the Ernest character started to do Mellow Yellow and uh, and Coca Cola and other name brand stuff. Yeah, and and, and uh, that and I I watched that because I watched a bunch of commercials uh, just like a before this just to refresh my research. And that like commercial with Mellow Yellow, they like have an actual Mountain Dew there like as well, and he's like. I wonder what I like best. Oh, Vern. Uh, like, yep, yep. I was like, wait, what does he pick? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, they don't do those the suspense like anymore. You know, the suspense. <laughs> yeah, it was killing me. But yeah, yeah. He, Ernest was a mellow yellow man. He was. He Ernest absolutely true. was. Because uh, that's who paid the bills. Um, Ernest uh, pimped all kinds of products, and he. Um, and again, um, I grew up in the South. And I think I saw more of these commercials because most of these businesses were in the South. Uh, and well, well, wasn't the advertising agency in Tennessee? Like it was. Yes, it was, it was in Tennessee. Out, so it was in Tennessee. So I, I mean, granted, most of the local stuff was Tennessee based. But as Ernest grew in popularity, that uh, that advertising started to spread throughout the South. And before Ernest. Uh, reached uh, national notoriety. I, I did see stuff of his on local ads, uh, and I remember very well because I, I very quickly grew enamored with the character uh, and Jim Varney's ability to be a, a living cartoon. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm sure that like I remember probably absolutely annoying my parents to the brink of no end with uh, no, I mean Vern. Right, like after everything that you yeah. say, oh, no, it was just oh. so. Uh, yeah, you were just so. It was weird. an iconic. It was so break. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, so, Ernest, uh, after doing commercials for natural gas and stuff like that, he goes on to do commercials for national advertising. Becomes a nationally recognized character. Is doing all sorts of commercials for name brand products, and these commercials took off like they they like the character became this this storm you know and people loved him and wanted more they thought it was so funny this redneck character who's like the ultimate annoying neighbor it really 
uh, it really uh, made a mark in late 80s. He was so likable. He was. He, he, he was like so buffoonish, but like so lovable. Like right. you, you, you couldn't, you, you didn't know Vern and you didn't see him, but you kind of hated him, you know, because <laughs> Ernest was so cool. You're like, Ernest, well, yeah, well, man. But like, uh, uh, like you also related to Vern in the sense that like everyone has that annoying neighbor who they're just like, kind of like put their hand over their eyes as they're coming home from work because they don't want to deal with this fucking guy. They just want to go inside, you know? So like, there's that aspect to it too. I think it's one of the things that made it so funny. Is, well, some of uh, us are that annoying neighbor and well, we identify in a completely well, different you, way. You are, you are. <laughs> but, uh, so like everyone relates in their own way. But, uh, but yeah, so Ernest became very popular very quickly. And um, from that... <clears throat> He got a movie deal, and uh, this but was didn't a... he do the show first? No, no, Are he did sure? not. I, I am sure. Okay, he didn't. The movie came first. Uh, the 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 movie was called Ernest Goes to Camp, and although this was released, I believe by Touchstone, uh, I know it was a major studio. Although it was released yeah. by a major studio, it was uh, it was done on a very small budget. It was only three million. That it was done theater. on. Yeah, it was, it was, I did too. It was uh, done on a $3 million budget. But as I said, the, the character by this point was so popular uh, that the movie did really well. Uh, the movie made $23.5 million on a $3 million budget. That's insane. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, you think? It's, it's, it's really good. In nineteen eighty seven? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Adjusted for inflation. That's <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. But when you make twenty three million dollars uh on a three million dollar budget, that's that's considered a hell of a profit. It was enormously popular. It took off really well. Uh it, it was especially popular with children, uh, which I myself was at the time, as you I were. As well. Yep. And uh and it was just this fun uh summer camp movie. And the thing, the thing about Jim Varney as Ernest is he was enormously, enormously gifted at being rubber faced. Like he, he could contort and, and, and change his face. Uh, it was something that was uh, very much uh, continued by actors like Jim Carrey, yeah. uh, you know, uh, where just having this, this kind of cartoon, like human cartoon nature to them. Yes, he was referred to as like a human cartoon type of. Right. Character. Right, and yep. he, he really, he truly was. Absolutely, um, he would get his hands slammed in the windows and stuff, like his fingers, and just be like, "Yeah, yeah, ah! yeah." There was like a lot he, of slapstick involved. Yeah, he yeah. definitely uh, crossed over in, in especially in the movies, into that suspend your disbelief because he gets like chopped, electrocuted, oh, yeah, all kinds of shit happens. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, he would have been dead. Yeah, you're just so like, oh, Ernest yeah. is just so funny. He can't die. <laughs> He's like the Highlander, man. He's immortal until another Ernest comes along. Damn it. Um, can be only one. I thought of it. There can huh? be only one. There can only be one Ernest. Uh, and, and and we'll get to that in a second, too. Um, so, yeah, uh, he... He does these, he does a series of films. Um, 
he does Ernest Saves Christmas after Ernest uh, goes to camp. Uh, that is my personal favorite Ernest film. Good one. Uh, and one of the reasons I love it so much is like that's the first Ernest movie where he breaks out the characters. And Jim Varney was so talented when he did these different characters he had this character named auntie nelda uh who is so funny that movie like even if you're like one of these eh, whatever earnest type people um go on youtube and google auntie nelda in earnest saves christmas the scenes where he plays her are just like hysterically so fucking good she's in the neck brace and like he's wearing this fat suit and he like shows up and he's just like telling this this secretary like her miseries and she's just like you know that's life for you you have one son one good you have two sons one good one bad and wouldn't you know it with my luck the good one dies you know like yeah. like like I like as because I walked all the way here from the airport I'll be dead soon you know like she's yeah, just I mean- this miserable mother type you know yeah he gets yeah. to show off all that kind of stuff that he does and right. and that one did well as also didn't it did Ernest saves christmas it did it did yeah. uh and from there he did uh Ernest goes to jail which i know you're a big fan of i love it yeah um cool. uh and then he did uh um Ernest goes uh, or Ernest scared stupid, which is was That's, almost yeah. named Ernest saved Hollow or was almost named Ernest saves Halloween, uh, and that is a a much beloved Ernest film, particularly yeah. for people in the in the horror field. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, oh, so good. was that the last one that was released theatrically? No, um, but but it was the last one that was released by a major studio. Oh. The last one that was released theatrically was Ernest Rides Again, uh, which was a different turn uh, for the Ernest franchise because uh, there was this whole thing in the 80s. They don't make these movies anymore. They really don't. And I wish they did. Uh, the whole comic caper where, you know, like it's a funny movie, but like it's, it's like crime involved and there's danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movies like See No Evil, Heal No Evil and like Fletch, which we mentioned before. Uh, this was Ernest's first and only foray into that genre. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a fun movie, but uh, yeah, it was it was not a big theatrical release the way not, the other three not were. well received. No, not as well received. In fact, it was the last straw in a way as far as uh, the cinematic Ernest movies releases were were uh, uh, were called. Uh, and so from there on. The Ernest movies were direct to video, yeah. and that's where we got uh, uh, Ernest goes to school, or Slam Dunk Ernest, Ernest goes to Africa, Ernest, Ernest in the in this, Ernest in the army. Uh, you know where we got these movies. Yeah, I, I mean, what? Where, didn't Jim <laughs> Barney hate this character? Didn't he come to hate being Ernest? Not necessarily. Is that a rumor? I he, mean, didn't, I... he didn't grow to hate it, but he felt that it um, that it stereotyped him and like pushed him into a corner. Because here was man. a guy who was a Shakespearean actor who was exceptionally talented, and you know it's kind of like Anthony Hopkins with with Hannibal Lecter. You know where it's like you're kind of like this is who you are now because it was such an iconic role. Impactful and yeah, yeah, it was so impactful. Tough. It was so iconic that it's hard to escape from it. Uh, but at the same time, the guy 
would wear the earnest costume and go visit children in in hospitals you know like he was a good character dude jim varney was a good guy he was everything that i've read about him uh was that he was a good really good person so he was um i wish and he had many um he had many uh successes outside of the earnest realm he He was uh he played jed clampett in the reboot of beverly hillbillies uh, that but, was like a huge $20 million picture, I'm sure. So right. It was shit. very popular. Yeah, very because, popular. Because back um, then, you're like, well, let's make the Beverly Hillbillies everywhere. Right, right. <laughs> he was also, uh, he played a character in the later seasons of Roseanne. He was on one of our favorite shows, The Simpsons, mm-hmm. uh, in, in an iconic episode. Uh, and he also, uh, um, what was the one I was going to mention next? Uh Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, oh yeah. He was uh he would play the dog in Toy Story. Oh, I didn't Oh, okay. I he yeah, did. I don't know Toy yeah. Story as well, but that yeah. No, I, I don't either. I, I I've actually like never seen a Toy Story movie. Like by the time those came out, I was too old for it. So I never saw them. Um but we saw uh, the, I saw the first one in the theater on Christmas with my parents. Well, yeah, because you're you're a, a young whippersnapper compared to me. White lily white. Yeah, you, you, were probably like, you were probably like 19, but you did see it with your parents. Um, but uh, Hey, yeah, man, yeah. and I got to stay on their insurance for a while. Right, okay. Right. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Jim Varney was the voice of Slinky the dog or, or whatever the character's yeah. name is. Uh, and so that's probably like his, his biggest role because those movies are enormously popular uh, and, and went on for years and years. And in fact, when when Varney died, which we'll get to, uh, when Varney died, one of his closest friends took over the role uh, of the of the dog and just okay. imitated his voice. So uh, it's kind of like if I voiced a Disney character and you took over the role after I died, which I hope you would. Why do you get to die first? I don't know. Because I'm older than you. We've discussed this. Not just in age, but in spirit. I'm older than you. I'm the one who's going into surgery. I'm going to die. Right. Like I so, I've even planned my death. If um that's fine. So let me just try try to make sure my voice is right. Hi, I'm Christopher Triana. Listen to me, I'm a slinky dog now. Yes. So, like that would be something like that. Pretty right? much. Pretty much. That's pretty much how I sound. So Yeah, I thought that was, was really uh, like that was like listening wow. listening to a mirror. It was listening to a, it was like listening to a living <laughs> snow mirror. Almost. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, some would say. Yeah. But so, but these Ernest movies did get ridiculous. I mean, they got ridiculous. They did, they did. didn't they? Not. They did. I mean, but now, he existed in ridiculousness. Here's a funny thing about the Ernest movies: is it's uh, he played like I I remember I was having a discussion with a friend at one point about films and about what actor played the same character the most times. And like he rattled off some stuff like, you know, Sean Connery's James Bond. No, doesn't doesn't come close. Uh, the, the the one that comes closest to matching Jim Varney's Ernest is actually Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Now, that was eight films that Robert England played Freddy Krueger, whereas Jim Varney played Ernest in nine films that were considered Ernest films. But he also played Ernest in the um in the in a film that that predates the Ernest movies called Doctor Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam. 
Yeah, that was the first movie he got. It was, but he kind of plays Ernest in it because it turns out that it's Dr. Otto impersonating Ernest. Uh, that movie's very strange, by the way. I, I haven't I, seen that movie, but you have it. I, I do own it. I do. And it took me a while to hunt it down. And even like in my youth, when I was very much into Ernest, that movie was kind of enigmatic. Like you saw it sometimes at, the, at like the VHS at the stores. But even though it, was, it came out, it, it was uh, filmed in 86, came out in 86. It was not really well distributed until after the Ernest craze with camp and, and, and Christmas. So I it was really only that. on... It was really only on um, on shelves in video stores in like 1990, you know. So I never really saw it, but he did play Doctor Otto often in Hey Vern, It's Ernest, which was the TV show uh, that he had in '88. Yeah, and did he had that TV show? Did he have another? No, they had that one show. No, that was the only show. Yeah, but then he he also had these books that spun off of that. Yes. And uh, an Ernest doll. Did you ever have an Ernest doll? I didn't, but I wish I did because that was. I wish I did too, man. Because I wish I had a Pee Wee doll as well. Yeah, I do. I I do have one of those crusty dolls. That's the evil and good. That like nice, nice. That has the switch that Nick P gave me from one of my birthdays. Shouts out Nick P. But I wish I had one of those Pee Wee dolls that came out back then before you got caught jerking off in that theater. And I imagine that this Ernest doll that. is he the same above. thing. Everyone jerks off in a theater. I'm jerking off it's quite a right porno, now. It's a porno theater. What, you, what else are like, you supposed to do the, there? The Critique outrage, the film? The outrage that that poor bastard got because of that was out of control. Like, they made it like he was jerking off like at, at, a, at a theater where they were showing an Olsen Twins movie or something. Like, just because he was and a children entertainer. one of the sexy ones. No, yeah, not 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 how the West was fun, which is hot. But just it, like no, it was like it was like <laughs> he, I don't know, like disgraced our nation or they something like that. Like, the way they, they turned on Pee Wee was he got they up, did, everyone they jerks it, off. They treated the it like it was like child pornography or something, you know. And it was just like no, he was a grown man in an adult film theater. He claims he never jerked out jerked off at all. I uh, probably did, uh, but yeah, who cares? But whatever, that's what you do in a fucking adult film theater. I mean, Jesus Christ, come on! I'm there for my health. Yeah, it, it's just it's it's just wrong that they they crucified him the way they did. But I I do plan to get to Pee Wee later. Uh, so later in this episode or a different time? in this episode, motherfucker. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got all kinds of things. Uh, so getting back to Ernest. He did have the show. Uh, it was one season, but the show won two Emmy Awards. Yeah. Uh, and he did play various characters in the show, including Dr. Otto, which uh, dates back to Dr. Otto and the Gloom Beam, which is a really weird movie. Like, I want you to see it at some point because it's much darker than Ernest films. It's very strange and, and kind of uncomfortable in a way. Uh, again, I didn't see this back in the day. It was only... Uh, like I hunted this movie down for years and it was only until like, I don't know, 2012 or something where I finally got a copy of it on DVD and watched it. And I was like, what the fuck? This is really bizarre. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, 
Yeah, so you should see it. You should see it. And and all other, all, all of our listeners should hunt this movie down because I'm sure they have nothing better to do with their lives. Except go outside and get coronavirus. Right. And or get ce- celebrate Chris's birthday by getting laid. By getting laid. There we yeah. Go. You know, uh, listen to Miley Crew instead of some pathetic Soundgarden bullshit, you know? <laughs> Boom! Boom! That is the sound of me gut punching. It's your John birthday. Wayne. It's your birthday. That's you're fine. goddamn right. Uh, so yeah, uh, Ernest, my man. He did nine films, uh, yeah. nine Ernest films. But then he also had the, the in a way, he had the tenth of uh, of Doctor um, Otto. Uh, but he there had were a also billion other... commercials. He, he was had a just... billion commercials, but there was also like these uh, these direct to video, these weird direct to video uh, uh, films that were kind of like collages. They were called "Your World, Your World as I See It," and some of the characters were Ernest, and some of the characters were other characters that that Jim Varney played. Uh, and I have these on some of the on some of the box sets of Ernest that I have. And yeah, they're, was that they're released in Canada or something. Or? No, they were released in America. You know, okay. it was just like these weird, like uh, mixtapes in a way of Jim Varney playing different characters. Uh, so Ernest exists on those. He also exists on the TV show. Hey, Ernest, Ernest. And he exists in these multitude of, uh, of commercials, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, so he leaves quite a legacy. Now he also, uh, now, l- l- well, we'll go, let's uh, let's discuss this. Uh, you know, Jim Varney uh, passed away at the young, young age of fifty. Rest in power. Rest in power, Jim Varney. Uh, and, and he died of cancer. He was a chain smoker, and even though he quit smoking uh, when he got diagnosed, he still ended up perishing from the disease. Unfortunately, lung cancer. Yes. Uh, now. Uh, at the at the time, he was doing Toy Story movies and all this big stuff, but Ernest was still a thing. Now, Ernest did go direct to video uh, several years prior, and the movies declined in quality. Like you you watch them now, and the film quality is very cheap, uh, and and uh, and so on. Uh, but he was still he was still up for other Ernest films. There were still in negotiations. They were going to do like, Son of Ernest, right? Or something. Well, that's something they've talked about posthumously. Oh, uh, doing they Son were going to do that. That would be funny if he was there to. He's to, yeah. He's to not train his not. son. No, they were talking about doing this after he died. Uh, doing Son of Ernest and having a new actor play Ernest's son and trying to reboot it. And I can't think of anything more abhorrent than that. Oh, uh, maybe Soundgarden, perhaps. Would that be more abhorrent? Mm, no, like I rather listen, I'd right, rather good. listen to Soundgarden than watch fucking Son of, Ernest. Son of Ernest. Like shove it up your ass, Hollywood. No one, like no one else, can be Ernest. You can't replace Ernest, even if you call it his son. It's like there's certain there's there's certain actors. Now, what if they came to you and said, Christopher Triana, we appreciate your passion no. for Ernest. Would you no. play Son of Ernest? No, you have no complete one, no creative control. Can, you have no. complete creative control. You can include no. your friend John Wayne as Vern, and he will be seen. <laughs> his do hand you, will do be you seen. take it? His tattooed hand, because yeah. he's trash. They know it's me. Yeah, 
Hey, at no. least I'm not Florida trash. I'm Texas trash. Hey, oh, oh, that's a sick burn. Um, no, dude, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be son of Ernest because no one can be a continuation of Ernest. Ernest is Jim Varney. Period. It's kind of like uh, Paul Rubens being Pee Wee Herman, uh, or 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 Schwarzenegger being the Terminator, or <laughs> Stallone being Rambo, like or Rocky. Rocky. You can't, you can't redo it. You can't reboot it. It's is it like certain characters are certain actors are certain characters. Period. And everything and anything else is an abomination. So you can't reboot Ernest. You have to leave it alone. But hot take from Christopher Triana. Hey, it's my birthday. Um, there were movies that were in the works, uh, bef- when, when, when Jim Varney died, earnest movies that Ernest were in the works. Movies? I'm going to tell you. Okay. Let me know. Uh, now it was reported on IMDB that when he was, uh, b- when he perished, Jim Varney was in talks to, to do a movie called Ernest the Pirate. Uh, now that turns out that that's not actually true. He yeah. was in talks to be in a movie that was about pirates, but it wasn't an earnest film. But there were two films uh, that were earnest films that were planned out that had scripts and everything. One was called Ernest Spaced Out, and this would be Ernest in Outer Space. Ah, uh, wasn't like a weed buddy comedy? Uh, like I, I don't know. It was it was Ernest in Outer Space. Like now that would have been well, I like straight that. up tits. Like machete in space or critters in space. But yeah. before those. Well, no, of course critters was in space. They were always yeah, they from, came from space. They came from outer space, you fucking idiot. But yeah, but the <laughs> but they never filmed the movie in space. They were always on Earth. Anyway. Yeah, Ernest went to uh, anyway. <laughs> Ernest <laughs> Ernest would have been in outer space in this uh, particular venture. And I think that would have been a, a load of fun. I wish they had done that instead of the abysmal Ernest goes to Africa, Ernest in the army, uh, snooze fests. Not not as not so good. You what know? are they trying to capitalize on there? Like uh, in the army now with Polly Shore and like I don't know, but you know uh, that's, that's a good uh, that's a good frame of reference though. Uh, uh, like Airbud or something. What ha- what else? Happened? <laughs> Air, the air up there. No, no. The air no, up there. There there's that's a good frame of reference though because like. The 90s had that kind of thing where they had like Polly Shore doing basically being the same character in every movie. And like he's on a farm, he's in the army, he's in a biodome. Kind of how Ernest is. Yeah, that's kind of how Ernest is. And this was kind of a continuous thing. Chris Farley was the same way. He basically was the same character in everything, whether he. Whether he be Tommy Boy or Beverly Hills Ninja, you know, it was the same shit over and over. Uh, But Ernest was funnier. In my opinion, Ernest was very funny. Uh, one of the other movies that he was that was in the bag, it was written, they were gonna do it, uh, was called Ernest and the Voodoo Curse. Now, this I really would have loved to see because this was according to according to the uh, John Cherry and the and the screenwriters, this was going to be like a a uh, Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein kind of deal where Ernest was like in Hawaii and there was like a a voodoo priestess who uh, created this zombie curse. And so it was going to be like Ernest with fucking zombies, you know, like how straight up tits would that have been? I hope they ate Vern right off the bat, like in the, (laughs) in the cold opening, I would like them to eat Vern. Mm. Um, Second of all, that would have been cool. Um, Yeah. 
it would have been yeah but jesus christ you know we had to lose him we had to go he had to go to the next realm we did now Ernest. at least he died doing what he loved right he did having lung cancer oh jesus christ that's just cold as cold as ice and that's the kind of cold as ice hot takes you can expect from this show from vital Vital social social issues stuff with chris and john wayne yeah yeah um lung cancer lung cancer so funny uh so uh yeah so like ernest did many things and i have all of the ernest stuff uh including a picture of everything I did. I even have like a collection of his fucking commercials. Like it's that sad. Like my obsession is that intense. The only thing I don't own is because it hasn't been released on uh, any home media platform is Ernest goes to Splash Mountain. And this is noteworthy because it was is this a commercial. No, it's not a commercial. It was a Disney special that was basically like commercial. Yeah, it was about a half hour. And it was a show all about Ernest with when uh, the the ride at Disney World Splash Mountain first opened. Okay. It was uh, it was it was really cheesy and really ridiculous. Like they made it like he was fucking Neil Armstrong or something. Like he was about to walk on the moon. It was like here is Ernest. He's reporting from Splash Mountain, the first ride and blah, blah, the first now, time now, on this ride and all of that. You know, no, I really like that they. You know they're they're launching this ride, and out of everyone they pick, they have Ernest. They pick fucking Ernest. That's how big ride. he was at the time, baby. They he were like, ah, what would we go with? Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. No, ah, this was ah, like, let's go with Ernest. This was yeah. like 1989 or something. Uh, and again, I was living in Florida at the time, and I remember watching this special. Uh, and yeah, Ernest basically just goes to, to Splash Mountain. Now Splash Mountain is going under undergoing some changes. Uh, right now because of uh, uh, the racial issues. Racial issues. Oh. Not involving Ernest. No, uh, Splash Mountain, the theme of it, uh, it's, you know, most Disney rides are based on a Disney film. This one happens to be based on Song of the South. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like all the characters. anymore. Right. This is a film that has been long uh, abandoned by Disney. They, they haven't, you know, put out any copies of it in decades because of the uh racial connotation um you know where like you have basically these slaves singing about how great it is to be slaves you know it's it's kind of a terrible terrible message um so they're revamping this ride now they're making it um based on some newer thing like the princess and the frog i think it's called i don't know it's a newer movie so they're basing off that now which is for the best uh but i mean i mean why so soon why so uh, yeah, like why? Why did it take like this long <laughs> to be like? You know what? We've abandoned this film. Yeah, years ago. We've but just the ride is fine. Yeah. But the ride. <laughs> you know what? I don't know. If I, want I don't to, know. Like, why, let's, like, let's wait thirty years before we change the ride. <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> you know, we talked about coming up with some of our own earnest. We titles. did. Yes. Uh, well, like uh, it. it being Ernest fans that we are, what maybe we would envision if Ernest were to live, uh, if the great Jim Varney were to have lived past 50 yes. um, years on this earth, earth years, uh, what else he might have accomplished in the Ernest world? Right. 
Right. This is basically like if if John Wayne and I were in charge of the Ernest legacy, if Jim Varney was still around, if we like here are the top 10 uh, Ernest films we we would have liked to see by by Chris and John Wayne. Okay. How do you want to do it? You want to do this one, one, like one, 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 one? Or yeah, what? sure. Why don't you start and then I'll like you tell me one and I'll tell you one. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, the first one from me uh, of the of the of the Ernest that I would like to see happen. Uh, Ernest v. Batman v. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, explain. I really think we would have a better movie. I just well, think yeah. That, uh, <laughs> I don't think I need to explain that. Uh, if, if I took a dump on on camera for an hour, it would have been a better movie than Batman versus Superman. I mean, imagine them fighting on that. You know, they're fighting on the roof. They're gonna do something with Kryptonite, and then Ernest just jumps out and he's like, "Hey, Vern, do you know that you could save ten percent on your light bill <laughs> if you do not light Kryptonite?" Oh man, Vern! <laughs> then like somebody slams the window on his fingers, and everyone laughs, dude. And I'm then he turns already. around and he turns around and he accidentally kills both of them. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. It would right. make more money. He like drops a piano on them or something like something. Something. Cheesy, it would bring like, joy. Stooges style. Yeah. It would just bring joy to that film. That's all I'm saying. It would. And that movie needed joy for sure. Something. All right. That's a pretty good entry. I could get behind that. I would watch that. Okay. I would. And you know what? My first one is also a versus. Okay. Whoa, talk about in sync, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> my first Ernest movie that I would have liked to see if you is say called Ernest v. Freddy v. Jason. Then I'm gonna... hey, 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 don't steal my thunder, motherfucker. I just want to show how in tune we are. Hey, I'm saying mine is Freddy versus Ernest, and I'll and but I'll tell you, I have a reason. Are you about to drop a Roy one later or something on us? I'm or? going to drop an info bomb on you as I oh, as I tend to do. As I tend to do, as I tend to geek out. Okay. As I mentioned before, there are a, 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 like there's a limited amount of actors who played characters the most times. Christopher Lee played Dracula a shitload of times, uh, but when it, it comes to like neck and neck between. Robert England and Jim Varney. Robert England played Freddy Krueger in eight films. Jim Varney played Ernest in nine films. Ten, if you count Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloombeam. Now, they she both appeared, had... But she appeared as Ernest officially, canon, can, like canon-wise in there? He was, but it was Dr. Otto impersonating Ernest. So... Oh, but yeah. it's still Jim Varney playing fucking Count. Up, okay, right? that's like weird. That's a weird meta thing. Now, both off. of them, both of these these actors in these roles had uh, TV shows. They both had commercials. They both had like uh, well, well um, whereas Ernest had more commercials, Robert Englund's Freddie had uh, music videos with Fresh Prince and the Fat Boys and Dokken. Uh And well, I mean that whole Fresh Prince video he was not in that there was a whole we, we just have that 45 we talked about this on the last episode we talked have about that this 45. okay so we, we talked talking. about it um so yeah the two of them are kind of neck and neck so it adds this this kind of uh rivalry 
so weird to, to like put Ernest and Freddy Krueger together. Totally. Can you imagine? Like no. he's having these bad dreams. Like, oh shit, Vern! Like this, this, this guy with the knives with fingers, he's coming after me. You he know? Just, like, like sits up like in a sleeping bag. Like, hey, yeah. Vern, did you have a dream about a knife finger man? Uh, like, uh, he's got knives for fingers. You, know, you like can it, save ten percent on your savings account. If you show <laughs> I tell you, this is the best goddamn cream I ever had in my life, Vern. Uh, not that he would curse, because he was better than that. He was better than we are. Uh, but Freddy versus Ernest, I would have, I would have liked to see that. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what's your next one? Uh, my next one is uh, D Ernest D the Revenge of Burn a Vern, I mean, uh, and that would be like a fear type of take, uh, like <laughs> you know, you know, in like The Simpsons when he, he they parody uh, Cape Fear. And he like has the yeah. D, D, like that's where it, I like, get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is German for die. Yeah, die. So it would really be die, Ernest, die, the revenge. Yeah. So Vern's in prison, but <laughs> because of Ernest, but we still only see Vern from the first, like that first person POV. Sure. We don't see his tattoos or anything, but we see his hands, like a lift doing like the fucking pull up. <laughs> <laughs> doing the Robert De Niro pull-ups yeah. and shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Banging on the fucking door. We see him under the car. We see all that shit, but just in first person. So it's kind of like the remake of Maniac. Uh, it's kind of like that. It, uh, that's with... Um, isn't that Elijah Wood. Yeah, but, but it's all like first person camera. Oh, oh, I didn't... Okay, I didn't know that. But yeah, yeah. maybe like that, but better. But like you know, with Ernest. Well, that was a decent remake, I must say. Uh, I, even though I still prefer the I original. Watch it, but <laughs> I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about Die Ernest, Die the Revenge of Vern. And which, I think, which is a movie I would be way more excited for, I will yeah. admit. Okay, so that's the, what's your next one? Okay, that sounds really good. Uh, my next one is called Ernest in the Ring. And it would be a kind of Rocky parody uh, okay. where, uh, of course, we had Slam Dunk Ernest where he's a basketball player. But I would really love to see an Ernest film where he was a boxer and was like really like terrible at it. Uh, but somehow, much like in Slam Dunk where he gets magic shoes, like there's some kind of like uh, transformation where he gets good at it. And I really picture Mike Tyson as being like the, the angel of boxing coming down and like teaching Ernest, like, or guiding him in a way, like guiding his fists, almost possessing Ernest, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I would like, Ernest, you're really terrible at this. Yeah, I would like yeah, that. Yeah, like, well, that would be a solid film, don't you think? Like, we would watch that together and hold hands and cry and, and like have, a, have a, an awakening. It's pretty good, and I do I do like Mike Tyson a lot, and his inclusion into this is, uh, you know, I enjoy that. It's essential. Yeah, yeah. But uh, here's <laughs> Ernest here's, in the Ring, ladies and gentlemen, coming to Ernest in the Ring, and also that you know it lends itself to sequels. You could bring sure. Mr. T back, sure. have Mr. T fight, right? Ernest. Hulk Hogan. Could oh, you could have it. Hulk Hogan fight Ernest. Even Drago and shit. Yeah, you could have yeah. the uh, you know Hulk Hogan's uh, that lady's wife. He fucked that wife and have her fight him too. It's sure. uh, it's a rich tapestry. The next one that I have though is this. Yeah, Ernest has a shotgun wedding. Hey Vern, <laughs> your daughter's late. So. <laughs> This is kind of like one of those farmer's daughter's plots where right. this whole time Ernest has been 
annoying his neighbor Vern, but he's <laughs> only trying to endear himself to Vern because he's been stripping it to his daughter for quite some time. And he knows <laughs> that Vern doesn't like him. And all he wants to do is get on Vern's good side. And now he has to <laughs> yeah. because she has she's with child from Ernest. Oh. And now he has to really turn the heat on to get Vern to like him so that he can have this wedding and be married to her. Shotgun Ernest. Yeah. yeah. I'm all about that, dude. That I sounds mean, like a fine film. It's baby rights itself. Yeah. And you know what? Like that kind of like brings Ernest up to a more a, a level of maturity he hasn't been to before. Grown like, up. He's taken accountability. Yeah. He's becoming a man. He's becoming a man. He's he's like he's got a, a woman and a baby on the way. And that's yeah. more than I can say for the both of us, dude. Absolutely. So. Like we are not ready for that shit. Yeah. Um God, I'm drunk. Okay. Well anyway. Uh what would be your next one? My next one. I'm glad you asked. Uh I have an idea for one called Ernest Saves Labor Day. <laughs> Because he's saved all these important holidays like Halloween and Christmas. Why not just like do some random one? Like it could just as easily be Ernest Saves Arbor Day or Ernest Saves Columbus Day. Like just let's just make one that's just like, like, how the fuck would that even be in danger? You know, (laughs) he goes, he tries to get petitions to get all like the Walmarts closed down in his town. Right. they they're the only thing that stays open or something that would like be, that. That that's that's what I'm saying. Like with like the whole Labor Day thing. Like he could be like it could be a total like last exit to Brooklyn, Joe Hill protest. Like Earn fight or Vern or I'm not Vern. Ernest fighting for the working man. Like Ernest saves Labor Day. Let's yeah. do it. Come on, people. This is America. I, I think. I, I would be down with that as well because we do need to fight because we've already lost Columbus Day and now we're, I mean, President's Day, everything. I mean, we're losing everything. So, mm-hmm. I mean, why not have Ernest Day? Ernest Day. I would celebrate I him fight for these holidays. And you know what? You know what? Day. Like, out of all the months, August is void of a true holiday. Every other month has something. Uh, January has has New Year's. February has Valentine's Day. March has St. Patrick's uh, Day, and the rest. But yes. and so but on. <clears throat> August should have Ernest. August Day. has nothing. Let's let's make it the official Ernest P. Worrell Day, mid August. Yes. You know, I, and you know what? Um, if if you follow the official Ernest P. Worrell Facebook page, as you should, yes. as I do, it exists. Uh, you would know. That there is an earnest day. Uh, and what is done is this is actually a convention. This is a con. Is this like, where, like how like the the dude, like uh, the big Lebowski day things are? It's kind of like that. Yes, yeah. it's kind of like that. It's, uh, but what they do is once a year, they go to the camp where Ernest goes to camp was filmed. It's a, it's a camp in a summer camp in Tennessee. That's some nerd shit. That, right. And you, some- you go. And you go and like they watch the movie and you also like canoe and do crafts and stuff. And like people that started the movie, like do cute. <laughs> he's he's dying. This laughing. is the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you kidding. fucking serious? I'm not kidding. This is a real thing. It's Ernest Day, dude. <laughs> and they have like people who were in the movie for like a hot second, like like talking about the movie, doing Q&A. And they've done this. 
like for a couple of years now. Like it wasn't like they did it once and it was a dud. It was successful enough. This is, this is like looking at. <laughs> this is like looking into a living snow mirror of our future. <laughs> this is this is our future, John Wayne. We will go to this fucking thing and we will report of it live. We got to do this. Like okay. once well, Corona's here. over, if it's ever over, we got to go to this. If Ernest thing. Camp is ever opened again, <laughs> we will go there and we, we will, will blow the lid off of it because fucking... there's something else going yeah. on there and yeah, there find out exactly what it sake. is. Oh my exactly. god. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I think the big game there is find the woman. <laughs> Just like cuz you know like it's all dudes at that fucking thing. Yeah, I mean, we're going to figure it out, dude, but mm-hmm. but we'll sign up. We what, should um, totally go to number. I I is it your turn. I think it's I my turn, but I'm trying today. to it's your, I didn't it's write down turn. my things in uh, order, so I'm trying to like um all right, well this one because I have the one I want to end on. So whenever we're gonna... Ernest joins a cult. Hey, Vern, drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> this is one where Ernest actually does get on Vern's good side. Oh, and convinces oh. him to join this cult the whole time. Ooh. And actually what we see is this first person view of Vern uh, basically uh, becoming brainwashed and agreeing to suicide with his new best friend Ernest. God damn, dude. This would have to be and, the last and you, Ernest But it's movie. all it's it's like a hardcore Henry style where it's all first person, yeah. right? Yeah. You know? And it's filmed by the same Russian guy who did that because I'm pretty sure that he had like Russian people that he could really kill in that movie because they looked like they did. In Soviet so that, Russia, Ernest we kills kill you. you. Yeah, so that's what I want for that movie. That's who directs this. It's all first person and and yeah, at the end, you know, it's like 15 minutes of a uh, overture by this the dude that died uh, yesterday. Uh, emo, yeah, emo a lot of it. How do you and, not know this? Uh, and then, and then the credits roll. Whoa, whoa, that's pretty intense. Uh, my next one. Okay. Speaking of Ennio Morricone. I have an idea for one called The Good, the Bad, and the Earnest, which is Ernest in a spaghetti western. Okay. I could like that. Now this this could be choice. Uh we would have to just forget the fact that Ernest didn't live in the eighteen hundreds. We would have to just forgive that, ignore it, and just have him in the Wild West. I mean, that could be a, a knee slapping fun film. Like Back uh, to the Future? No, I said fun. Okay. I said a fun movie. Uh, it could be him. Wait, wait, uh, wait. Is he just like we start and Ernest is just existing in? Just existing. Just existing. Okay, okay, okay. So we don't need any kind of like. No time travel. Explication although, or anything like that. Although no. I do think an Ernest time travel movie would be fucking phenomenal. Uh, that no, would be cool. But I also like would. the idea. I don't want any kind of like, okay, I know who Ernest is. I don't have to know that. Like, right, right. Put this but, out but like or... Ernest out of time would be an awesome film in and of itself. Co- uh, patent pending, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Copyright. Uh, patent pending. Um, but no, like the good, bad, great the good, title. the bad. Thank you. Yes. The good, the bad and the earnest would be uh, just a spaghetti Western where Ernest is totally out of his element, uh, finds himself being a gunslinger against guys that are super tough, like Eastwood and uh, Lee Van Cleef and Charles Bronson. 
and he has to like step up and and be this badass and he's totally inept but somehow manages to succeed because he's earnest uh i think it could be a a, a heartwarming film toe tapping fun uh so toe tapping yeah they'd, pro- they'd probably make a video a video game about it as well um no that's a great one and i think red dead earnest that's yeah exactly and it would be just earnest uh it would just be Vern riding around on a horse first person (laughs) for eight and a half hours at a time and earnest Um, would be the sidekick just be like hey Vern, we're gonna shoot these motherfuckers right um okay so i'm i think this is my last one right yes okay so this is one i'm gonna end on this is what i wanted all right um so uh earnest gets canceled Hey, Vern, they found my old racist tweets. Um, <laughs> I think that really applies to today. To today's world, yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's just Vern. It's it's earnest. Like, you know, Vern has found these, like, you know, off-color jokes that, that Ernest has tweeted about right. in the past and confronts him about it. And Ernest just tries to explain himself and just makes himself look worse and worse and worse. Right. Uh, therefore, by the end, we have totally canceled Ernest. Jesus Christ! Why would why would you do that? To, to I mean, these are supposing supposing these ideas, dude. It could be anybody. We could put that, Charles that, Johnson in that. Whoa, whoa! Just you continue to break my heart with this bullshit scenario of yours. Uh, Jim Varney was so talented; he could he could do every single character on every show that was ever made. You know, like imagine uh, that, him but, playing but every like, character oh, on Days of Our Lives. You know lives. what? You know what, dude? Who was another character from a commercial that became this successful or that got spun off None. into movies? Like that's None. what I'm trying to. Th- I was trying to think about that before. Like, Zero. what commercial character became a movie? Now there were a couple, I guess, that became a big deal. Like the California Raisins. That wasn't a movie, but it it? wasn't a movie. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a a movie or a series of movies, uh, but it became a big deal. They had like albums and shit. Same thing with uh, Spuds McKenzie. You had T-shirts and stuff, but nothing, nothing to the level of Ernest P. Worrell. Nothing doesn't even come close. I, 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 the only thing I can think of is like in the like more modern time of when uh, they made um, a show of the cavemen from the insurance. You know, like they I, made a show of that. Yeah, they uh, had a the, show. The, yeah, the, I like, remember the caveman commercial. They made a show. Yeah, it was like a, a sitcom for like maybe like half a minute. A, a like one of those NBC Friday well, clearly, you know, clearly TGIF. That clearly, that doesn't come close to the earnest. Well, I mean, no, it doesn't translate. But I'm trying to think like what else were people even willing to say? Like, you know what? Let's take this guy and make a movie. Yeah, you yeah. know, nobody. Nobody. No, no one. No one was as gifted as Varney and uh, as memorable as him. As no Ernest. one will ever be from here on out. Did you have? Did you have one more of uh, Ernest movies that you came up with, or I'm is it on to me? No, I did my last one. It's on. Okay, you. I've got one. That Ernest gets canceled. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you had a really dark one. Uh, yeah. Here's one that I really would have liked to see, like realistically, not just as a joke. Okay. Uh, Ernest goes to Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, crossover. Right? That would have been the ultimate 80s crossover for kids because Pee Wee was huge. Ernest was huge. They both had TV shows. Uh, like, if Ernest 
like did a crossover even if it was a TV special, even if it was just an hour-long special with, with Pee-wee, that would have been phenomenal. That would have, like, blown our socks off. If he popped kids. in on an episode, like, and was, like, the king of cartoons, like, hey, 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 Pee-wee, know what I mean? Right, right. And, like, if they were, like, like eh, huh, huh, yeah. Like, if they like, did, like, like if first. he was on, like, a phone call, like, with the tin cans and yeah, shit yeah. that they used Pee-wee's to do. But then, like, and then if he actually showed up at the Playhouse... And interacted with like Cowboy Curtis and like all the characters, dude. It would have been absolutely epic. Awesome. It would have been huge. That is a great crossover. That's right, way better than Peanut Butter and Jelly. Yeah, That's Ernest. Yeah. And it would have been awesome. I did have some other ideas uh, that that didn't make it to the final cut, mm-hmm. but I did have some other ideas that would have been cool. You mentioned Russia earlier. Uh, Ernest goes to Russia. Would have been. Uh, a really good choice in the eighties because of the whole cold war and like the whole culture, you know, Rocky four and all that. Oh, Ernest right. goes to Russia. could have been a funny, funny film. Yeah, I, it would have been. I, I also had Ernest is a school shooter. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're dark as a motherfucker with these things. Well, I was just trying to take it to an extreme place where you wouldn't expect Ernest to uh, well, you did. go because Ernest wouldn't be like he accidentally becomes a school shooter. Well, there is a movie called Ernest Goes to School, but John Wayne's version is called Ernest Goes to School and Kills Shooter. Everyone. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, you know, like, like, OK, that's what you choose to do. But, you know, I will say because there is Ernest Goes to Camp. I thought it would be great if there was Ernest Goes to Camp Crystal Lake. I, I thought of that. I thought it was kind of like on the nose a little bit. Like, yeah, well, you of know what? Course, My know, version of it is way cooler than yours. yours no, is... I'm sure it's cool. I'm just saying like <laughs> that was like Ernest Goes to Camp, of course, to insert just like the slasher thing into that. It was like, well, of course, we'll do that. That's like, why I didn't include it in my top five. It was just. And that's why you're head. brilliant, dude. We're brilliant together. And let me yeah. tell you. We go together like as Olivia would say, my my angel. Um, one other idea, one quick. Th- okay, quick thing. throw it out. Throw it out. I did have an idea. Um, Ernest P. Worrell, American Ninja. That could have been a nice canon film. They could have rolled Ernest into ninja films quite easily, actually, and, and spun that off into many more sequels. You're absolutely right. So if yep. they would have put, if if he just would have learned ninjutsu, uh, if Vern just would have driven him to right to practice, I'm sure. Be world American ninja. I mean, it's no more outlandish than him being in the fucking army. Well, Polly Shore can do it. You know, hey, if Polly Shore can do something, anyone can do it. It's goddamn true. Um, yeah, I think the only I think the only other thing, um, I think the only other thing that uh, I would have liked Ernest to do is maybe a dance off, you know, like some kind of like, you know, break into Ernest Boogaloo, something like that. You know? That would have been very cool as well. Could have been cool. Could have been or cool. Where, yeah, where was it? Like the top score in Donkey Kong. <laughs> Something like that. Ernest plays a video game. Now we're getting into some of like the Simpsons parodies, which were great. Like Ernest needs a kidney. Yeah. Uh, Ernest, and my personal favorite, Ernest goes somewhere cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kept thinking, I was like, did somebody, did the Simpsons do this? Like when I was trying to think of things, but um, Ernest aside, dude, happy birthday. 
to Thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, this has been uh, quite an episode. Been uh, a long one. Spanning. And this is what you can come to expect from vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. With Chris and John Wayne. Uh, and, and I'll have the listeners know, you may have noticed, I've, I've got a professional microphone now, so hopefully dude, it might sound a little better. We're pro-band in the sense that we have all we own all of our own rolls of duct tape mm-hmm. in this situation. Um, yeah, yeah, we're but- sounding good. We're getting uh, mics. We're feeling fine. Um, but yeah, and uh, so I, I guess I want to thank again everybody who has uh, joined the podcast and checked it out. Um, Absolutely. You, you know, you can of course always find me at John Wayne is dead on all the social media and John uh, John Wayne is dead dot com. Uh, also, you can find this podcast and everything affiliated with it at Chris and John Wayne dot com. Whoa. Boom. Are you ready for that? Whoa. That's right. You absolutely can. Uh, you can and find we're on YouTube as well. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on Google. We're on Apple. We're on all the places you can find a podcast absolutely for free. Always for free. Uh, you can also find me at ChristopherTriana.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-T-R-I-A-N-A. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CoyoteChris, K-O-Y-O-T-E-K-R-I-S. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook and all those other social media places that the cool kids are into. Uh, I'm an old man, but I still try to be cool because John Wayne inspires me to be cool because he's so fucking cool. That's uh thanks everyone uh check it out uh whatever uh hey i love you dude goodbye i love you too (laughs) uh thanks for listening folks thanks for celebrating my birthday with me and we'll see you next time Yes. And uh, I'm going to keep all of this in. It's my birthday, but I'll allow you. If you keep this in, this I, I swear to God, I will smack you in the teeth with my dick. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, do not leave this shit in. No one wants to listen Calm down, to that Calm down. I don't come down to where you work and slap the dick out of your mouth. Don't tell me how to do my job, okay? Hey, hey, gonna... hey, hey, hey. I don't, I don't fucking knock the broom out of your hand. <laughs>